What's up and welcome to the Horror Cast, episode number 67. And this is one of our Rotten Roundtable episodes. This is an episode where we just kind of chat. We chat about all the things we don't get to talk about on our regular episodes because they get too damn long. Um, we're going to go through the news feed, just chat a little bit about what's, about what's going on in the world of horror. We are going to talk about some January releases, and I'm excited about Guys, just tell me this. Is it me or is January, like February, March, like loaded? January is the new October. It's crazy. It's like loaded with some good stuff. Uh, so we'll yeah. talk about those releases, uh, whether they're in theaters, whether they're uh, on streaming, or whether they are on VOD. We'll, uh, we'll let you know what's coming out here in January so you can mark your calendars. Uh, and that's what that section is called. Mark your calendars. And then we're going to go around the rotten round table and we're just, each host is just going to share what we've been watching, uh, good, bad, and ugly, and let you know, um, what we think. And if you should, uh, give a movie your time of day or just avoid it or, you know, take one for the team. We, sometimes we have to take one for the team. You know, I've took quite, taken quite a few for the team, the horror team, um, and I got, uh, seven movies that I took for the team, uh, in my pile of crap tonight. So, all right. So, uh, without further ado, I am Mark Nato. I'm your main host tonight. And, uh, I'm excited tonight because we've got, uh, I think two people on here for the first time on the round table and, and one, I've just been bothering him and bothering him. Uh, I feel like, a you know, a junior high kid, uh, trying to get a date or something like on Facebook messenger, like, Hey, Hey, you available? No, that's okay. All right. I see you have a life. All right. Uh, Hey, are you available? Yeah, but that's okay. It worked out tonight. Uh, but first let's bring everybody else in. Let's bring in Mr. Venom from out in LA. What's up, Mr. Venom. Greetings and salutations. Listeners. I am doing very well, Mark. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. January 2nd, man. I mean, this is, uh, 2020 incredible incredible it, it to me it's just uh, i love the start of the new years and it kind of like wipes the slate clean not really but it, in, in, in our <laughs> minds sometimes it does and uh and, and it kind of wipes the horror slate clean uh so we are going to be getting into some 2020 movies mm-hmm. uh let's bring in um the taminator what's up tammy hey everybody happy belated holidays last time i was with you all it wasn't even holidays yet so hope everybody had a great holiday whatever you celebrate and i'm um, happy to be here tonight with this distinguished group of podcasters yes i, I celebrate <laughs> i celebrate kwanzaa uh well, I, I, know, not, I know but i didn't want to call you out so i am not uh. in fact african nor african-american but i celebrate it nonetheless i celebrate hanukkah i'm not jewish but that's okay. I celebrate it all. If it's a holiday, I'm going in there. And let's bring in Mike Merriman. What's up, Mike? What up? It's January. I can actually exhale. No more cramming 2019 movies for the uh, top 10 show. So uh, it's not going to last for long, though, because as you already stated, January's packed with releases. So uh, we're getting right back into it. I'm still cramming our uh, best of 2019 mm-hmm. is recording next Tuesday. So we're, uh, you know, some of us are still cramming. Uh, I haven't watched 
quite enough yet. So, uh, and then the guy I was talking about makes me feel like a, a junior high schoolboy. boy. Uh, uh, finally got him on here. Uh, it's been, I'm going to let him tell you, it's been a while since he has been on the horror cast. He'll tell you exactly when he was on last. And that is Watson. Mr. Watson, what is up? Hello, everybody. I, I am super happy to join you fine Horrorcast folks yet again here tonight. And Mark Nato, here's the neat trivia that I was alluding to before we hit record. Back on the Horrorcast episode 27 on Swamp Thing and Let the Right One In. That was my very first guest appearance on another podcast I'd ever done. That was back when my own solo cast, when I was still doing that, was really new. And it's taken this long for us to reunite. We've almost podcasted together. This, it's this East Coast west coast gang warfare conflict that's that's what it is you know otherwise i'd be on every horcast session just invading it like all right what are we uh reviewing this episode homies like that co-host no one ever asked mm-hmm. to join but who won't take the hint that they're not actually on the show uh <laughs> but it's good to be here though my friends thanks for having me buddy hey man it's great to have you um are, who's tupac and who's biggie isn't, isn't that the east coast west coast thing or is that tupac not, is west coast t- yeah tupac and was biggie east mm-hmm. coast Yes, okay. Yep. All right. So we're we're Biggie, and you guys out there are are Tupac. So very damn, nice. Damn West Coasters. <laughs> yeah, West Coast guys over here. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty neat. Well, tell everybody. Uh, I'm, I know Horror Corridor is it officially dead? No. I mean, the the problem is people still download it, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Uh, no, but the, the whole thing with that is there are two more episodes left of it, and one of which will be coming out in the next couple weeks because I've already finished all the notes and just nailing down some skits that my son and I are going to be doing on a certain review, and that takes a lot of extra production. But French yep. horror, yeah, I'm going to be having a good time with that one. So there are two episodes coming left of the show. So, yeah, pretty happy about that. And, of course, uh, your new show, The Watt Z Party. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yep. Yes, if uh, people don't know about that, check that out on the uh, uh, Horophilia a network of horror podcasts. So, all right. Hey, well, let's get into it. That's all the formalities we're going to do tonight. And we're going to get into the news feed. The news feed. There's not a ton of news tonight. Uh, I've got four things that I just want to uh, bring up. First of all, um, Quiet Place 2 trailer drops. And I didn't watch it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to go the no trailer route, you know, this year. Although Good I'm man. sure, I'm positive that when Halloween Kills trailer drops, I will watch it 17,000 times. That's just <laughs> the way it's going to be. But everything else, I'm going to try to just not watch it. I, I like that approach. And I know some of you guys are that way, and you don't watch trailers. But I wanted to ask you the question. Do we need Quiet Place 2? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, need without... is... Ooh, that, that's a tough one. <laughs> without John Krasinski, you know... Uh, spoiler alert if if you hadn't seen the first one he's mm. no longer with us may he rest in peace but, he's still behind the camera though yeah he is he is yeah. gotta make sure but um you know so do we need it it's I, one I of mean, those things it, it, where... can't that question be applied to any franchise though to an extent it, honestly yeah. it can when 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 i think of franchises uh, i don't know because because it, it's it's different when 
I mean, we don't really think of that when it comes to franchises that were established kind of before our time or when we were kids. Like for me, um, by the time I really started watching like, you know, the slashes of the 80s, most of them were like three, four, even five in. So I never thought to even ask were these really necessary, but I'm sure maybe at the time the people who were older when the originals came out might have asked the same question. But I would never think to say that because I love like for the most part a lot of the sequels and stuff i mean i think your question's fair across the board do we need sequels period uh now i i am i am not a trailer abstainer and i have seen the trailer for a quiet place too and i actually think it looks good it's it's interested me in the film so do what is it necessary do we need it i would say no but i'm still looking forward to it now I always reserve my answer for that question until after I see the film. Yeah. What well, what you were saying are sequels necessary. I'm I'm, I'm not a anti sequel person. I'm I'm all about sequels. And when we talk about sequels from the eighties and nineties and, and you know, part twelve of Friday the thirteenth and Halloween and Nightmare and Elm Street, all that stuff, that that's sort of a different animal because those those movies a lot a lot of times are just kind of you know, we're going to kind of reboot the thing and, and just bring a whole bunch of new teenagers in and they're going to get killed. But this is kind of like following the same story of this uh, family. And, and I kind of feel like, man, a quiet place to me was, was such a good movie and I enjoyed it. Like, I don't want anything to, to tarnish that, you know, I don't want it to be like a second rate or not mm-hmm. as good as the first one. And, and hey, let's just ignore Quiet Place too. I don't want that to tarnish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, th- I, think, I think Venom, in the short thing he said just now, is probably a good way to approach it. You kind of decide after you see it to where because once we all see it, we're going to figure out did they actually have something to say with the sequel or is it just purely mm-hmm. obviously the first one made money so they're looking to make more money with this one but we'll find mm-hmm. out did they really have like a good story to tell did they did they have a good reason to actually want to make it other than people will go see it um i don't even want to say anything from the trailer because a, a lot of you guys don't watch trailers so i don't want to spoil anything even from the trailer but i'll just say <laughs> i i liked what i saw and i'll, I'll leave it at that but it's kind of a hard question to answer, as Venom said before. We really see it, unless mm-hmm. you're just going strictly on. If you have like an across the board opinion on franchises, yeah. I guess. Yeah. What about yeah. you, uh, Watson? Are you a are you a sequel guy? What do you think about this? Man, I, I don't feel like I have too much to add uh, to what Mr. Merriman and Mr. Venom said. That was very very succinct and very well put. I. I do find that I have an odd relationship to franchises where it's, it's kind of funny because I, I love remakes and it, it's kind of, but sequels tend to make me a little more apprehensive, but even then barely. So it's, it's part of the fabric of storytelling and it just is what it is. So it, as long as this sequel, I guess, adds to the, this, this, this world and this tapestry that they're making with this story and it, it blends and, and goes well, then I, I, I feel like a uh, good on them. Make some, yeah. make some, uh, give yeah. us escapist entertainment, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, they might hit the road in this one. I'm not positive, but I can't imagine them just staying at the farmhouse. I think uh-huh. they're probably going to try to 
connect with other humans, <laughs> you know. Um, that's, I have that's just a, my uh, guess. Sure, sure. I have a rebuttal question for your yeah. question, Mark. Yes. Did we need a sequel to The Shining? A year ago, I would have said absolutely, positively, no, we do not. Even though I knew the Dr. Sleep book existed, I would have said no. Today, uh, January 2nd, 2020, 100% yes, I needed that sequel. I love that movie to no end. It is very high in my top 10, spoiler alert. And I, I just, you know, it's one of those things that once you see a piece of art that moves you, the way that movie moved me, especially specific scenes, um, how could I? How could I not want that? How could I yeah. not want that two and a half hours of masterful entertainment? And I understand not every horror fan is going to agree with me. That's fine, but for me, that was one of my. Um, how can I put it? One of my beacons of joy of 2019 was sitting in that theater for the first time and watching Dr. Sleep. I was in absolute awe of what Flanagan was able to put together. So, like I said, I'll always reserve the, the answer to that question until after I see the film. Very nice. Tammy, what about you? Weigh in on this. Are you looking forward <laughs> to it? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the first one and Am I wrong? The the baby lived, correct? Didn't it? Yes. I haven't seen it for. So, I mean, that could be a really interesting angle. Sure. I yeah. mean, do we need it? No, I would have been happy if it wrapped up where it did, but I'm not opposed to it. I think there's more story that could come out of that. So. All right. All right. All right. Uh, second piece of news. Uh, they're saying, Fox is saying that they are finally going to release New Mutants <laughs> on <laughs> April 3rd. Haven't we heard this before? I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> um, and that the director did say that they told him that they were going to release his original cut. Uh, because yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what happened with the movie, why it got in, I don't know what you would call development purgatory or hell or limbo. Uh, it was, uh, wasn't it the, I'm trying to remember what movie it was, but Oh was yeah, there was the there first was a movie it? that 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 tanked. Well, right? uh, no, th no. Th well, that might have had something to do with it too. But um, I want to say New Mutants was supposed to come out, and I might have the movie wrong, but I know. Um, uh, I think it was uh, it Chapter One because that made so much money. The studios went back to the director and said, "We need to recut this to make it scarier. The kids want to see horror movies." So that was the original reason it got pushed back. Then. I think they were just like, we don't like what I, I, it got so convoluted that it ended up getting shelved all the way until I, I also read that news. I, it was either today or yesterday that they decided, okay, now we're actually going to release it, but we're going to release the original version in the first so, place. So, so like, this okay. is not going to be the horror version from the late. I'm probably reading the same thing that you read today from that article. It looks like, no, it's going to be yeah. whatever the, cause to me, the, the trailer for the original trailer that was based off the director's first initial cut that kind of had a dark, more eerie tone to it in the first place. Cause just the yeah. story of the new mutants is kind of a lot more harsh than your typical. Yeah. Com and I'm not, and that, I'm not that's a scholar even on talking stuff, about it on the horror cast. Is yeah, that exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a super hero mutant movie, but mm. it, it kind of is portrayed as, you know, horror flick in that universe. 
So um, yeah, yeah, I was I because I, I was well checked out of just the superhero movie genre for the most part by that time anyway. But when I saw the trailer for New Mutants, I was like, wow, they're going for some dark you know darker material here. At least that's what the trailer made it seem. So I was pretty excited, and then all the troublesome or the you know the studio interference started and were what two years later so sometimes i think not not sometimes most of the time i think these these suits and these these studio you know these boardrooms that think they know what the heck they're they're doing they just Mm. mess things up like royally let the let the guys that you pay to make the movies make the movie and then put it out. I too mean, many cooks, yeah. Yeah, way too many cooks. People that have never made a film in their life, uh, you know, making these decisions and, and saying, oh, well, we need we need more. Why don't we put Pennywise in the New Mutants? That'll be great, right? You know, I mean. <laughs> he, he definitely has superpowers, right? Yeah. <laughs> should, so. should we give him a, a mask to wear over his clown face? Yeah, because that's what the kids want, right? The kids want Pennywise. Anyway. Uh, annoying. <laughs> and then uh, last bit of news. Uh, again, I told you there wasn't a whole lot of news. Is um, Blade from Puppet Master getting his own movie? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that the one with the little whirling blades in his hands or whatever? Uh, it, it, he was kind of on the face of the um, the last one, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He's like he's, he's got the hat, hall of face, black, yeah, hat, black coat, black hat. He's yeah. been there from the beginning. Let me tell you. I am not a Puppet Master fan. It's not my bag. The last one was so fun. Oh, yeah. That (laughs) if they still, if they keep going that route, I will tune in to every single one of them uh, because they're just, they're just fun. And if they get uh, Fabio Frizzi to score it again, score it did. It felt kind of out of place in a Puppet Master movie, but it still ruled, so I, I didn't care. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Watson, did you like uh, the last Puppet Master? What was it, the the last Rake or the littlest Rake? Right, right. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, and and plus with S. Craig Zoller who of Bone Tomahawk and everything doing the script. Uh, he, he's so fantastic with his dialogue. Pay attention to what was the brawl in Cell Block ninety nine and Bone Tomahawk, and watch oh, yeah. the way he writes his dialogue. And man, I it's I'm not gonna you know maybe say like Quentin Tarantino because he's prone to monologues and everything like that, but mm-hmm. it's sharp. The the and and even with Puppet Master, the Littlest Reich, I was noticing, man, this dialogue is is super just crisp and sharp. I dig it, man. What a fun movie. And yeah, like and that's, you, that's why. Yeah, that's why I was like, I, I didn't dig most of the other Puppet Master movies because I felt that they were a little. I hate to say the word amateurish. I just, I just kind of felt that they didn't really, you know, connect with me like in a dialogue way. And but that that one was just really good, and it was well acted, well scripted, and uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm excited, and, and hopefully that comes out this year. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but oh, and the last little bit piece of news, and I'm not gonna we're not gonna talk much about this. Rob Zombie said he thinks House of a Thousand Corpses is a mess, and uh. I would agree. So I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. Me and Rob Zombie are on the same page. It's a fair statement, but I still liked it a lot. But I mean, I mean, most directors look back at their first or second films and think, "Oh God, what was I thinking? I could have done that a lot better. I could have shot this shot a little bit better. I could have composed this a little bit better." Blah blah blah. Um, I, I, I think that's all that is. Is that now he kind of. 
And and I know Mark's going to disagree with this statement, but now that he kind of knows how to make a movie, he looks back at House of a Thousand Corpses <laughs> and realizes that it's a 90-minute music video and that he yeah. maybe shouldn't have cut it that way. <laughs> yeah, the, you you pretty much said it there. It, it, when you watch it now, looking back on it, it looks like how a movie would look from a primarily music video director that got into the movies. I mean, that right. <laughs> there's just so much of it that makes you think of a music video, so... Or yeah, someone who is tripping on acid. What is, yeah, also helps. It's, it's the salami man from Three from Hell. If you all know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> Just I can't yeah. say the line, but go yeah. ahead and show me that salami man. Yeah. Best line in that movie, right? It was a Richard Brake, right? That was Richard yes. Brake's line. Oh, I, I was howling in the in the Three from Hell theater, and I don't often get looks. I'm not. I'm. I blend into the crowd with my black hoodies and all that, but. I had people, you know, looking at me like, dude, that wasn't funny. I'm like, oh, y'all don't know. <laughs> it's salami man. Hey, that, let that be Rob Zombie's next movie. House it's of the Salami Okay. Devil Salami. Devil Salami. I've seen that movie. That's completely different. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gotcha. You probably have. I'll say the thousand have, salamis. It might have more than one X on the rating. Uh-huh. Right. So, all right. Well, let's move into mark your calendars. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Mark calendars. Mark calendars. All right. January releases. I'm going to start actually, and I'm just going to go down through. And if if you have something to say about uh, a movie, you just go ahead and, and chime on in. But. Um, I want to start with December 31st because there was an Indian anthology movie that came out on Netflix called Ghost Stories. Anybody seen that yet? I haven't watched it yet, but it's in my queue. In the queue. I've heard mixed bag about that. You know, I'm all about anthologies. I like anthologies. I don't think there's a through story. I think it's just, you know, several different stories, about 30 minutes a piece. And, you know, I've seen quite a number of Indian horror movies yes. over the past couple of years. Uh, so there's, there's been a few that I've really liked and, and, but most of them, it gets lost in translation. You know, a, a lot of the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the humor and just kind of the way they talk and, and just the culture in general. Um, but I'm going to check it out. Uh, January 1st, uh, which was yesterday, uh, on Shutter, uh, lose dropped. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have not seen, has anyone here not seen lose? Me. You didn't. You haven't seen it. Mm-mm. Did you see it yet, Watson? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, it is a very, very uh, different take on like possession. Um. It, it, I think it was. It started out as like a student film, or it was a student yep, film, yeah. wasn't it? Yes, and uh, yeah, just very creative, very different. If you're looking for something um, very artsy and very different, uh, and 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 pretty scary in certain spots, uh, give it a shot, man. Uh, I think uh, I think it's going to show up on a lot of top tens at the end of the year. Uh, honestly, I haven't listened to any top tens uh, yet because. I want to do hours first and then I'll listen because I don't want anybody's to influence me, you know, but, um, uh, that's, that's lose on uh, L U Z on shutter. And that's on there now. Um, today, no, actually 
I guess today, if it's midnight, you know, or sometimes now, movies used to uh, open up on Friday. Now they do Thursday at midnight, but now they do Thursday. Some sometimes they're going yeah. like at noon. Uh, we get them at seven, seven and ten on the Thursdays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, tonight, uh, the the Grudge remake or reboot or whatever you want to call it drops, uh, mm-hmm. starring Lynn Shay. Uh, I've, I've heard good things about it. I've heard good things about it. Uh, I will. I'll definitely be going to see that this weekend sometime. Uh, anybody else going to go see that? I got my ticket for tomorrow. Yes, I know Mike is going to go see it. You guys are going to do a fresh cut, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. Next yeah. Wednesday, I think. So I'll probably see it by the end of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is. Uh, I wonder where they're going to take this because this is a remake of a remake. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going kind of down a rabbit hole here. How many times are they going to remake it? But I, th- I think they're going to go a completely different direction. But um, I, I, t- I tend to like John Cho too, so I like I'll, I'm interested to see how he does in the movie. Yep. yep. Uh, also on the third uh, VOD, uh, we got a movie called The Dawn and Inmate Zero, and that looks like absolute trash. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you everything. So uh, then the fourth, a lot of people have already been watching this uh, because I'm sure it has leaked and been pirated somewhere. But uh, on Netflix, the BBC Dracula is dropping. Uh, that is um, three parts, I believe. Three part miniseries. I'm I'm really excited about watching this, even though uh, I watched the BBC Christmas Carol. And we'll talk about that later. But um, this one, I love the story of Dracula. I know they're going to change it around. I know they're they're coming through this to this with a fresh perspective. But um, everything, all all signs point to very good. Anybody else excited about that? Uh, I I was excited to see it. I have a friend at work that actually gets BBC, the actual BBC, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been saying the best things about it. Um, really, I've been I've been trying not to listen to his conversations, but I've caught a couple of things where his main problem is with the character Dracula, the the, the actor who's portraying him. He's not real happy with it. But like I said, I'm purposely trying to not listen until I get a chance to see it myself. But yeah. I mean, and this is a guy whose opinion I usually respect. So I don't know. Hopefully, that's not a bad sign. I read a, I read a short story today about people are having their minds blown that the actor has a British accent. And I'm like, you know, you're watching it on BBC. Like, are you like, have you never seen a BBC? Do you not know what BBC is? Like, it's pretty amazing. But uh, you know what BBC is. <laughs> well. I mean, those, those, those are the kind I, you know, <laughs> indulge in in my private time, but uh, <laughs> I had to say that. Oh, uh, Lordy. <clears throat> so, yes, BBC Dracula. Check it out on Netflix. <laughs> are they dropping the whole thing at the same time? That's what they do, right? On Not Netflix. Sure. Usually, yeah. Yeah, they don't they don't Mandalorian it. They're gonna they're gonna Mandalorian it. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, I enjoyed that. I prefer I that. Too. I like yeah, it. Too. I mean, I prefer that. You, you get you know you look forward to every. And my kids oh. enjoyed it. They were like, "Is it Friday yet? Is it Friday yet?" You, you, you know, know it was really cool too. It, it going into work um, every Monday because they would drop on Friday, so pretty much you know you wouldn't be able to talk about it over the weekend. 
and with people from work, but going in on Monday, it really reminded me of like, you know, 10, 20 years ago. The water cooler. water cooler talk where everybody's, and you're not having to talk about like, you know, 10 hours worth of content. It's like you, you have your events that happen in that specific episode and then everyone's excited for the next hour. So yeah, I, I kind of like it. And it also, now that I have kids, you know, binging is just a harder thing to do anyway so if i can get like my hour in of multiple shows a week it it kind of works for me yeah yeah works for me too all right uh on the 7th of january we got uh three vod uh movies we got inner ghosts dark encounter and here's my favorite snatchers and snatchers is about a girl who has um premarital sex and wakes up the next morning nine months pregnant with an alien so, is that is that show going to be on the quote unquote BBC? <laughs> it, it might be. It might be. But around here, <laughs> horror cast after dark. That's right. It, it looks uh, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. So uh, on the ninth on Shutter is uh, the Marshes. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Did you see it already? Yeah, it came out this weekend in theaters out here. <laughs> oh, you butt wipe. <clears throat> yeah, every time every time Venom says it, it came out in theaters, there has to be an asterisk by theaters because it's like, what theater come it out? Came, in? It came out in one theater, and it's the one right down the road from Jerry. So it came out in two theaters in LA. Thank you so, very much. So your verdict, good? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, exactly. good. Uh, a good, uh, good attempt at natural horror. Maybe not as fun as Boar from last year, but still good. I enjoyed it. So is it like? Animal type horror? Yes, animal gone wrong. Okay, okay. All right, I like that. I like animals going wrong. <laughs> All right, uh, the 10th. Uh, this is a movie that I'm looking forward to. It, it, it looks uh, pretty good. It's called The Sonata. Yes. Um, and I, I'm just going to say this. Why is there so much violin horror lately? <laughs> oh, because it's awesome? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like four movies in the past year are centered around violins. Okay, we get it. Okay, we get it. You want to push violin? I don't know. It, it, it's it's weird. That's all I gotta uh, say. It's weird that it. we don't have a violin horror movie for fifty years and four come out in one year. I don't understand. Did they all get together and say violins are scary? Let's just go well, ahead. One and of think. them. One of them is a cello, right? Are we thinking of the, uh, yeah, the Netflix yeah, movie? The yeah, that one's technically cello. I guess so. It's a stringed <laughs> instrument. Okay. <laughs> anyway, there was one called Ambition. Yeah, there was yeah. one called In 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 Som In Somni. I forget what it was called. It stunk. You're talking about? <laughs> yeah, I no, I forget now. And then in this one. So anyway, violins are scary. Go see the Sonata. <laughs> and then uh, also January 10th. Everyone's favorite actress, Kristen Stewart. Uh, Second favorite actress. <laughs> in in uh, the theaters, comes out underwater. Um, and I've heard, at least from her, it's all these practical effects. <laughs> so her. I'm a sucker for practical effects. So if it's like a sea monster, what you want to call it, and it's practical, I'm all about it. You, uh, you left off the second part of her statement. It's all practical effects. Oh, until the studio overdubbed them with CGI. <laughs> uh, 
did they do the thing? You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, I would not be surprised because it's. It, it seems like every time the studio says it's going to be practical, it's like, oh well, yeah, we decided last minute to uh, mess with that, and we're not going to mention that. You'll just find out for yourself when you go see. But yeah, I saw the trailer for this one. Probably, I think I saw it at the theater when I was seeing something else, and it looks like the, I thought the trailer had me like mildly interested. It, it looks like one of those movies that if if they if they come up with a good story and whatever the hell's going on down there, it it could be good. But you know, it it was hard to tell. You never know. I for one enjoy aquatic horror. Yeah, I really too. do, yeah. especially like deep water horror. That's one of my fears is deep water. I mean, yeah. Why, why is the ocean miles, miles, miles deep? I mean, come on. Uh, you, you, don't know, you don't know what's de- I don't I don't swim in the ocean. Mark Nato goes up to about the waist and then heads back in. OK, <laughs> because if I'm out there treading around, you don't know what the heck's yeah. underneath of you. Maybe you I'll check out over there. <laughs> I'm serious. You should check out this movie, Aquatic Place. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but I, I agree with you. Aquatic, anything underwater or in space, anywhere where man's kind of not meant to, like, go, I think is auto, just the uh, aesthetic of the movies itself. It It's already built in kind of terror, the fact that you're miles under, you know, the ocean surface or out in space because it just feels like, you almost don't even need any extra element for things to go wrong. There's so much potential for, you know, your life to basically be ended um, from just little mishaps, which usually happen throughout those movies anyway. And then you have something on top of that. So I do agree. Underwater horror is uh, pretty good, even when it's cheesy, like some of like the 80s stuff, like uh, I'm, I'm blanking right now. But there, um, there was one called The Abyss. Oh, the abyss! Yeah, I saw that. That was that's what I'm talking about. Like in in the deep. Remember the the deep deep, with Jacqueline Mm Bissett. Okay. Oh God! Keep your pants on, buddy. Yeah, put that BBC away. (laughs) BBC, try uh, LWD. Any whatever you just figure that out. Um, I'm just kidding. All right, the seventeenth. a movie that uh, I've been looking forward to uh, for good things about uh, extracurricular mm-hmm. comes out on VOD uh, feedback, which I've also heard good things about uh, is coming out on VOD. Uh, a movie called the host on VOD and the wave. And I'm not talking about like a, a giant wall of water. We're talking about uh, there's something else going on here. It's got, like hallucinatory drug trip type thing. Oh boy, um, more drug oh, trip movies. Absolutely. We need more drug trip movies. We oh do. yeah, I guess. Yes. I, I guess. Uh on the twentieth, I did want to uh say this because I've seen this movie already and really liked it. Uh on the twentieth, uh, a, a movie uh from 2017, uh Germany uh came out with this one. It's called Four Hands. And it's already available on iTunes, it's already available on Amazon Prime, and I'm gonna key key you right in here. It's available for free on Tubi. I, I have no idea. You got to pay five ninety nine for this on Amazon Prime, but you can watch it for free on Tubi. <laughs> and the reason I'm mentioning it right here is that it's coming exclusively to Shutter on the twentieth. Uh, I'm not sure how that worked. It's already out 
<laughs> on multiple platforms and free on Tubi. But hey, Shutter is picking it up. I like it. It's more of a, a psycho, uh, psychological thriller type thing. I enjoyed it. It's called Four Hands. Tubi, uh, Tubi is kind of great. Tubi Have you guys all like got in there and like explore? Like when Tubi first came out, I kind of like just naysayed it because I was like, "Oh, a free ad supported service. How good can it really be?" And then people started like telling me stuff that was actually on there. And I mean, the only thing is, if if someone doesn't specifically tell you stuff is on there. It kind of has that Netflix effect where you do have to browse sometimes through a lot of garbage because they don't necessarily put their best stuff on like the homepage. Yep. But if you just start like browsing through categories and just let let it go for a while, you'll be like you'll be surprised. They have a lot yeah. of content and a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I, I uh, said on many occasions in October, if you're on a budget and you were just looking to watch horror movies in October check out Tubi because I know they've cut back on horror since October. They, they always put more on in October. Good Lord. They're just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of horror movies on there. I, I just kept scrolling and scrolling, you know, how it kind of refreshes and keeps, mm-hmm. I was like, this is incredible. Um, and yeah, there's some crap, but there's also a, a lot of hidden gems and, and, Actually, a lot of uh, not hidden gems, but just gems. Uh, so go check it out. Four hands and, on and, Tubi. And the ad support the the thing about the it being ad supported, it's like it. It of course it'd be better if there was no commercials, but at least they don't actually cut the movies. They just break into the movie for you know a few times for commercials, but they don't actually cut anything. So I, I think it's a fair trade off. It is. No, nope. it is. Boo! You don't like that? Well, I I, I hate I. I, 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 I it's just a personal thing. I, I can't stand ads. I can't stand when I'm watching a movie and something breaks into my action. I'd rather pay the five ninety nine and just rent it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll so that's usually well, what I'll <laughs> But like I said, if you're on a budget, you know oh, sure, sure. And people can't, you know, uh, afford to to have, you know, shutter or or do a five ninety nine for Amazon Prime or something, um, you know, that's your alternative. I'm I'm completely okay with that have any, have any of you guys heard of uh, the midnight pulp app yep yeah I have it. yeah it's kind of like tubi but horror and sci-fi only which is yeah a cool. lot of cult cult type movies on there yeah it, mm-hmm. it's definitely pulp yeah um, yeah it is i mean it's, it's really good uh i think it's 4.99 a month uh, yeah my, if, if you yeah for the paid version mm-hmm. my, my wife my wife she sees stuff on the credit card what is Midnight Pulp for four ninety nine? Good Lord, all the subscriptions you have, it's probably like $300 a month. You know, so I have to sometimes pick and choose. But yeah, I gave, I gave that one like a two-month shot and watched almost everything on there. And uh, now I've, I've canceled it. But All right, 23rd on Shudder, uh, a TV series called Deadlands, The Deadlands. Um, that's all, I think, going to come out at the same time. They're going to mm-hmm. dump it. So you can binge that. Uh, the 24th. Okay, the 24th and the 31st are going to be great. The 24th, we've got the theatrical um, The Turning, mm. uh, which I am extremely excited about. My wife even saw that um, trailer and said, I want to go see that. And I was like, what? She never <laughs> wants to go see a horror movie, especially one like that. But she saw, uh, what's his name, Finn Wolfhard uh, from... Stranger mm-hmm. Things, and she's oh, I like him. Let's go see that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, looks <laughs> good. 
also Color Out of Space. Yes. It's going to be coming out, uh, although on the 24th, it looks like it's a limited release, uh, which mm-hmm. means that it'll be at the theater beside Jerry's house. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if that's coming out like uh, limited, and then the next couple of weeks it'll go wide, or if it's just going straight to VOD. Just it usually it's it usually only uh, these little in, um, independent horror films usually just play for one week out here yeah. and then they show up on VOD. So well, I've just, already got my just my opinion. That mm-hmm. movie looks like it needs to be seen on the big screen. Yep, you understand what I'm saying? And like I'm gonna... the color and the, and the the action, but of course we'll probably have to watch it at home. Except for Jerry, I'll be, I'll be watching it in the theater with the director. You stink. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, also limited is Zombie Child. Yep, I've heard of that one. Uh, something about uh, Haiti or something. I'm sure there's like some voodoo going oh, on. Voodoo. There. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, and then Lynn Shay and Weston Cage Coppola going straight to VOD with Get Gone. <laughs> Remember what I said? I started a war on on Facebook when I said Lynn Shay. Uh, hadn't really been picking the greatest movies lately. You uh, know. That's valid. And boy, people tore into me like I was, I don't know. Uh, well, those are the uninitiated. Don't well, pay they, too much attention to them. Lynn Shay <laughs> has her dedicated fans. Oh, and I am um, one of them, but I can still mm-hmm. say that The Final Wish was one of the worst movies I saw last year. Oh, The Final it, it Wish, Room for Rent. Room for was, Rent, yep. There's just, just multiple pretty crappy movies she's been in, but she does have to pay the bills. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not saying a get gone is crappy. I'm just saying, you know, uh, 28th on VOD dead earth. And then we're going to round it out. This is the last one on the 31st. You know, what's coming out, Mr. Watson. I don't. Uh Oh, a grim fairy tale directed by Oz Perkins. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Gretel and Hansel. (laughs) comes out yes. on the first. so it's the release date but i've been looking forward to this uh, ever since i accidentally ran across a teaser of it somewhere online and had not seen anybody on twitter or facebook even talk about it i posted about it on the watsi twitter like months ago yep. so yep yeah. it's uh awesome. any, anything that oz perkins does yes uh, i'm ready to i'm front row yep he's Indeed. he's earned that uh i believe with with his uh first couple of movies yeah, absolutely. So that's it. Mark your calendars. Uh, that is January. And, and, and again, like I said, when we come back uh, for G- February's list, it's it's crazy. There's some really good stuff coming out. Um, so it's it's a great time to be a horror fan, in, in my opinion. Uh, all right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go around the round table and talk about what we've seen. Hey. Love horror movies? Yeah, so do we. Handpicked by experts. Psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies. Killer kids, black magic, vampires. Shudder kills Netflix on selection. Screams on demand. Shudder.com All right, we are back. And here we go around the Rotten Roundtable talking about what we have seen lately. Uh, we're, if it's a new movie, we're not going to spoil it. We're just going to give you our, our uh, initial impressions. These are kind of like mini reviews. 
And uh, we're going to start out tonight with Mr. Watson. What have you been watching? Oh, thank you, Mark Nato. So here in this first round of the Rotten Round Table. So check it out. I have recently taken my 16-year-old son through all eight films in the Saw series. Ooh. And, man, I was delighted, folks, to see how much he enjoyed those films. Like He's not a gorehound per se, but like me... He, like I do, he enjoys the performance art aspect of a well-made, bloody movie, right? You know, both of us are most appreciative, though, of a good, solid, consistent story. And if, look, if we take an honest look at horror franchises in general, Saw is one of the few to get this right. Like, Evil Dead, for example, it's my favorite franchise. Ash is my guy, man. But it's a mess. Like, I, I can admit that. It's okay. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I love it despite its flaws. You know, Friday, How Elm Street, but from a writing standpoint, it's this constant dance of one step forward, two steps back from film to film. And that's where Saw's strengths lie. It's, it, it's, it's consistency. So, yeah, very happy to have gone through these movies because they're better than I ever remembered. Like, I do recall going through the series years back when Part 7 had first come out. And while I did adore the first two or three, I remember being fairly ambivalent, you know, toward this franchise as a whole once I kind of watched that, you know, supposedly final seven film. But then here we are in 2019, actually saw Jigsaw with my son for the first time, you know, both of us seeing it for the first time. And man, I sincerely enjoyed every one of the movies. Obviously, some are better than <laughs> big cohesive story. It's more hit than pretty neat. So I, I've no direction Chris Rock wants to take this series, but man, I'm open. I'm down. So bring it on. So that's uh, the Saw series. Do you know if there's Chris Rock? Uh, I don't know if he's just producing it. Um, yeah, he's just producing but do you know, is that like a reboot or is that a sequel? What's going on with that? I don't know. I don't think they've actually announced any plot points yet. Just the title. He's trying I, to get, he's trying mind. to go all Jordan Peele on us, isn't he? More than likely. And I hope, yeah, that's I, hope to do. I hope he succeeds. Yeah, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Yeah. I, you know, Saul, that's just a classic series. I mean, that is when I saw the first one in the theater, I remember just my jaw dropping yeah. at, the, at that ending. You know, I was I, I was like, I can't believe I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know, as a horror fan, a seasoned horror fan, I can't believe I didn't see that coming. And when he slammed that door, you know, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this movie is awesome. And, well, my um, son loved it, Mark Nato. And furthermore, I was I was talking to my son after we watched the first one. I was like, it hit me. And I posted about this on, on the Watsy Horror Corridor Facebook group page. I was like, it just hit me that James Wan is like the the man behind three amazing and successful franchises, modern day franchises with Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring. That's yep. neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, if you're talk talking about uh, mainstream like success, yep. he's got to be the top of your list. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think what's interesting and what makes the original Saw so good is like it's. The actual story, the mystery that unfolds around what's going on, why they're in there, and I, I think as the franchise goes on, especially when they were for, when they were initially releasing in the theater, I think because of where the franchise went, people remember the first one being a lot gory. It almost had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre effect, where mm -hmm. people remembered it being a lot more graphic than it actually was. And when you go back and watch the first one, it's like, wait a minute, like there's a couple scenes that like you know. Uh, push it, but other than that, it's 
really more about what the hell are we doing chained up in here and kind of recounting the events that led up to it and the mystery and then of course that ending yeah it's just kind of like the jaw dropper and and the little uh the puppet dude does he have a name billy 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 Mm -hmm. the puppet yeah and of course everyone knows that, that that had to be like uh lifted from deep red right Black, Black Christmas, I believe. No, Black Christmas. Really? I mean, yeah, the name, but but the puppet on the tricycle? Oh, you mean the actual puppet design? Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought yeah, you yeah. meant his name. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. His but, name actually did come from Black Christmas. I, oh, I read really? that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> good knew stuff. That. The only thing about the first one I don't like is uh, Carrie uh, Elwes. Uh, that guy, I'm sorry, that guy can't act. <laughs> oh, can't act. Ah. I can't act. He can't act in Black Christmas. Oh, damn you! You know, I'm just you know, I just don't get it with him. I mean, he's good with like the Princess Bride and Men in Tights and that kind of stuff, but when he tries to like go like hardcore, what you th- what you think of him in Black Christmas? <laughs> oh God! Stop it. Uh, I think it was a large turd. <sighs> Did you think? Elway's got better at the when he was on the last saw. Well, not technically not the last saw anymore, but the one saw that was intended seven. to be the last saw. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I thought he got at the very least he he was. Uh, I don't know. I I guess because he had already gone through the traps once, he just yeah. came off as a little bit more savvy. But I guess I mean that was the intention of the character more than the actor, I suppose. But yeah. whatever. I, I I personally I like him. Watson, how long did it take you guys to to mow through those? I think it, it shoot probably uh, a few weeks. I think we during Thanksgiving break we got in like five of them in in the same in that same week on vacation, and then it took till kind of mid December for us to. So you know, yeah, maybe three three weeks or so. That's cool. It, it's cool when when you're uh, like a teenager is, is getting into you know horror, and and you get to like expose them to. Uh, some of these great movies for the first time, you know, it's almost like you get to experience it for the first time all over again, like through. Yeah. Them. It's kind yeah. of interesting. I've always wondered like, and my kids aren't really old enough to ask yet. Uh, maybe it's a better for like a, for someone like uh, Watson's kids age, like what not kids, uh, just kid. Um, I, I wonder what does like, and maybe you have no idea, but what does he find more exciting? Like franchises that, are already established or does he get more hyped for like like uh current stuff that where like a new one comes out every year because uh, it's I've, like I've, geared towards him yeah like like you know like when we were getting paranormal activity every year or saw i don't know if he's old enough to where when the saw movies were coming out every year to actually see him in a the theater but i don't know because like i said before like on a totally different topic a lot of franchises from the 80s they they had you know a handful of them out before I started really watching them due to my age. But in the nineties, like you know when we get uh, a bunch of screams and stuff, I'd always be excited like for like the new one to come out. Even you know even if like the previous one I wasn't totally into, I would still just be excited like oh every year or every other year getting a new one. It was like it was kind of like you know it had the event feel to it that I don't you don't quite get when it's like simply like you know pulling out the movies at home and there's something about going to the theater with like a brand new installment in a franchise that mm-hmm. gives you that event feel 
That's a good observation, man, and I do have an example of that, and, and uh, good on you for pointing that out, because there is some kind of psychological difference there, But and I'll, I'll tell you where, for him, in his age group, where this really works is, oddly enough, James Wan, the Insidious franchise. Um, mm-hmm. He, the first Insidious is the only movie that's ever scared him. Uh, he's just, he's always just one of those people who's not scared by, he, oh gosh, I was a child by everything I saw. Freddy was in my closet, Michael was out the door, Jason's you know, over <laughs> the hall like i was just a mess of a kid he just it's all performance art to him he doesn't care but insidious got him and since uh number two we go see them in the theaters each time and uh we we look forward to it yeah yeah how how old your son now 16 16 yeah yeah. mine just turned 17 and it's it's really neat because it, it started off like he was the biggest baby in the world like he would when he was like seven or eight my mom showed him the Michael Jackson uh, thriller video. Mm-hmm. Dude didn't sleep for like two months from the thriller video. <laughs> I was like, this has got to stop. Um, so, you know, as he got a little older, I showed him, you know, the, the classics and stuff, Halloween and Friday the 13th and all that. And now it's literally like he's calling me and he's like, dad, what's the shutter password again? <laughs> and, and I and I need and I need thirteen recommendations off of Shutter, you know. And, and he'll go through. He'll watch them all. Um, and uh, it, it's just kind of cool. Like he, he wants to go see, you know, all the all the ones that are coming out. He wants to he wants to see uh, the turn. He wants to see Color Out of Space. He wants to see Come to Daddy. He wants to see all of that. And it's kind of like I've got a partner in crime now so i i enjoy that i enjoy that so it, it helps me to know that i'm passing on my tastes you know anyway all right saw franchise let's go to taminator taminator what have you been watching well i am bringing what i think is either going to be a major hidden gem that no one has heard of or else i just totally missed the party the first time around but before i say what it is i want to kind of throw out there how I found this gem. Are you guys familiar with, there's a website, and I think they might have an app too, and it's called Real Good, where you can put in all of, R-E-E-L Good, you put in all the services that you have, and then you can filter them like, um, you know, show me all the horror movies I could watch right now or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really nice, because I don't have, you know, cable. I just have a bunch of different streaming services, and you can get... Sometimes I spend more time trying to find something to watch than actually watching something. Yep. Okay, so the movie I'm bringing, and I'm going back to 2018, but in all fairness, that was not the best year of my life, and I didn't see a ton of movies that year. But have you guys seen or heard of a Indian or Hindi language movie called Tumba? Oh, yeah. Tumba. Yeah. Tumba. Well, Tumba. They say it like Tumba. Tumba. Like Tumba. I don't know what it is. It's Tumba. Tumba. Yeah. Come it's I a city in India. How they were saying it, but um, okay. Tammy, well, I just Tammy, discovered that. That's yeah, technically going to be uh, acceptable for 2019. Okay, because it didn't really come out here in the states till 2019. But yeah, go ahead. What'd you think about it? Wow, wow, wow! I wish I could have seen that on the big screen. I really, really do. And I am a sort of lazy movie watcher. I don't love, um, you know, to have to read when I'm watching. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of going through and I don't know, there's just nothing like that I haven't seen. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to branch out a little and find something different. I I read the plot 
and I'm like, okay, that looks pretty good. It looks like it's got some mythology. It's a period piece. So there's two boxes of mine that it ticked off right away. And so I just, I'll usually Google something if I'm not, you know, familiar with it at all. And the very first review that I read said it's um, atmospheric, heavy on mythology and scary as hell. And I was like, yep, I'm there. And I just absolutely loved everything about it. I really, really did. And I don't know, I've never heard anything about it completely miss my radar. It's got really high ratings on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. And if if you're the kind of person that doesn't mind the subtitles and all that, I a thousand percent recommend this to you. It's kind of the story of this family that has uh, a curse on it. And it to me, it's kind of like um, Clive Barker meets Bollywood. Um, <laughs> yep. It's got some pretty good um, practical effects. There's a lot of CGI, but it's good CGI. It didn't take me out. Um, and I love that it's a period piece. I think there is a little bit of, I think I'm just not all that familiar with that culture, but it's really beautiful to look at. I'm not super familiar with all their mythology, um, but it, I think that language is very pretty to listen to. And I just, just the whole experience was just really nice. And the story was really good. And there's some really good body horror in there. And it's just a story of what happens if you're too greedy bites yep. you in the butt so it's really really good it's just this curse that is passed down through this family and one of the parts that, you know i'm pretty liberal liberal with my kids getting to watch horror but i'm not sure i would show this to a kid there is some stuff in there that i think could really f a kid up you know mm-hmm. at the beginning there he's living with his grandma or great grandma in his house and she's got yeah. the curse and she can't die and she's always hungry and it's almost mm-hmm. like Zelda from yeah. Pet Cemetery, where is this thing living in your house and everybody's afraid of it, but you have to feed it. And uh, just, you know, what happens from there. But really, really good. Highly recommend. I watched it on Freon Prime. So Yeah, me too. Um, two really great things about that movie. A, um, the heart that that movie shows. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at, the, at the core of this movie, it's about relationships. First, a relationship between a boy and his mother. And then once that boy becomes a man, it's about the relationship between him and his son. And I absolutely love that. And then you actually throw in, you know, all this great, both CG and practical effects, really cool um, creature design. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the other thing, yeah, the other thing I love about this movie is how they lay out the mythology. Um, Tammy was talking about how sometimes Hindi movies can be a little bit hard to follow, and I agree with that. Sometimes they're a little bit convoluted with their mythology. This one lays it out and explains it so perfectly and so that any layman can take it absolutely and, yeah. you know i mean it's it's basically the story of the mother of all gods you know she yep. gives birth to 160,000 gods i think it was something yeah. like that so and one I of mean, them's bad and that's uh this hostar or whatever hostar, and, yes exactly yeah. so i mean yeah I, I agree with you um i've i've already seen this movie on multiple top 10 lists for 2019 so really you're i just i have never even heard of it Never. Oh yeah, we've we've had it here since the I think like early this year, like maybe yeah. April May, I believe. Well, we got totally it, it was the first me. time. Yeah, yeah, but and you I know, did, people... I actually did get get to see it in a theater again. Sorry, was but it, yeah. was it a was it a festival? Uh, no, no, it was um it was uh, at the Academy Awards Theater. It wasn't a festival. It was a, it was a regular release. Yeah, because I believe this is technically from 
was it 17? Yeah, 2017. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been it was in the the um in the festival circuit, and uh, a lot of people were were uh, you know putting it in their list uh, mm-hmm. two three years ago. But I'm I'm glad that it's 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 you know free on Prime and it's it's something that is readily accessible. And I really it it, it pains me, like you said, some people don't want to read the subtitles. Mm-hmm. People, some people don't want. You're, you're missing out on yeah. a really really good horror movie uh, original very creative um well acted it's not cheesy or goofy and it's at beautiful. all i mean yeah, they had a huge budget it seems like mm-hmm. and, and and don't and, let it, the fact that we're saying bollywood don't let it scare you there are no huge no. music <laughs> dance numbers in no. the song no. there's a couple of montages that have traditional hindi music playing in the background but those are gorgeous so i mean they're very welcome but yeah, d- definitely don't let the word Bollywood scare you away from this one. This one has a very Western feel to it while still being very true to the the Indian heritage. Um, I actually, yes, sir. You won't believe this, but I wrote up my notes today for Exploding Heads this weekend when I'll be joining them for the year end, you know, best of 2019 show. You are saying so many things I wrote about this movie <laughs> right now. And it's like, I'm like. Did he see my notes? Like, what is he doing? Do I? Where's the camera in my room? It's the nanny <laughs> cam. It's the nanny Great cam. Minds. Sorry, Great Venom. Minds, just, my friends. You've, you've nailed several points. I'm like, how does he know what I've written? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Great minds. Uh, yeah, so, sorry, buddy. Keep keep going. You just you just kind of blew my mind a little. No, not at all. I mean, the last thing I was going to say is, yeah, I mean, it's it, because it has such a Western feel to it. I think that most American horror fans will be able to get some enjoyment out of it. Uh, again, yeah, subtitles. Sorry, you have to read. But um, I, I think it's worth it, especially for that that final that final act is just oh. insane and so worth seeing. It and really ripped it your is heart an, out at the end. It's an emotional gut punch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Definitely, that worth, is, definitely worth so, the so, reading. Come on, yes. man, people. Don't be <laughs> scared. Also, don't be scarred. Okay. <laughs> it is pretty scary, though. Um, but that's why I brought up the real good site because I don't that I never would have come across that. It wouldn't. It would have been so, you know, buried so deep in the scrolling if I would have just tried to find that on its own. So if you've got a, a lot of services like me, it's a really good website to try to just make some sense of what's available to you and get some different, you know, suggestions. Yeah, make sure, make sure Tammy, specifically you, make sure that you're listening to a lot of these other podcasts, top 10 lists, because I've heard at least two shows already have this movie in their top 10. And I, Mike and I were, or, excuse me, no, not Mike and I, just me. I was lucky enough to be on 22 shots, uh, top 10 show this year. And two of the hosts on that show had Tumbod on their top 10. So Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're right on point with that one, Tammy. Yeah. This excellent. All right. Up to Mike. What you been watching? All right. So, um, I actually got, got to watch a handful of movies on January 1st. I had the day off from work. So the first one up was a movie on Hulu's Into the Dark. It was their January release. I believe it released like a couple days prior, maybe on December 28th. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it's considered like the January, the New Year movie. And it's called Midnight Kiss. Yeah. And uh, it's not good. 
Well, this like is the, this is um, this is the 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 gay one, right? Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Which, problem is, you know, here's the thing. I honestly, I don't have a problem with that kind of stuff. Like in movie, obviously, I don't think most people have a problem with that. But I'm talking about in movies specifically. I don't have a really a, an issue with the depiction on the screen or any of that. I don't get, you know him into it it's whatever it is if that's it if it's for the care if that's what the characters who they are whatever the problem is this movie seems more interested in just telling ever like letting everyone know like every other scene hey uh by the way did you know we're gay yeah. is, <laughs> is a, too heavy-handed I, I feel i feel like the horror like if if there would have been more horror in it because the setup is like a uh, pretty standard slasher a, a, a group of friends go on what like some type of getaway or trip out into the middle of nowhere or something or to a friend's house and there's a killer i mean you know very basic setup which is fine i, I i'm good with those kind of movies but there's just not much to the horror stuff in this like you keep waiting around and it's like all right a hook up here a hook up there when are we going to get some kills where's the kill oh another hook up okay uh and then like in the last five minutes you get some uh slasher action i guess it's just to me the the biggest uh, insult in this movie is just boring uh tammy you saw it right i mean it sounds I like did. You saw and my, it. i wrote in my notes that it's a gay porn with horror elements like <laughs> to me like something like knife and heart from last year i like that knife and heart plus. Or knife plus heart sorry yeah, there you go. um mm-hmm. I, you know, that was kind of like what, like Jello light or Jello prototype almost. Dope, but yeah, I thought there was a lot of cool, interesting stuff going in that movie. And, you know, all the, you know, the other stuff didn't bother me because the movie itself I found entertaining. But this one's not that. And <laughs> this, it's just, <laughs> it was, the thing with Hulu Into the Dark movies, they're hit and miss to begin with. So I don't feel that bad in saying they had another miss because the December one, uh, what was it? Uh, a nasty, nasty piece, piece of, work. of work. That one was really good. So yeah. it, it's yeah, rare for them to hit two in a row. So <laughs> February, let's do some justice. Well, you liked Pilgrim, didn't you, back in November? Uh, Pilgrim, it was it was decent, but not as good okay. as nasty piece of work. I mean, Pilgrim. I think Pilgrim. The thing is, like the setup, it took a while to get where it was going. Then the yeah. third act, I kind of liked, but nasty piece of work. I thought I pretty much liked it from the beginning yeah, to end. Same thing. Now here, here's what I've got a problem with, and not at all about the. I also liked Knife Plus Heart, um, and look, I understand that there are gay people. It, it's not a problem. You live your life how you want to live your life, right? Um, but they always seem to, particularly with guys, portray like gay people as like these hedonistic mm-hmm. like like the the midnight kiss um uh poster is like this guy in a leather you know s and m mm-hmm. suit or whatever, and not all gay people are a bunch of perverts, you know what i'm saying sure. there's there's gay people that just love the person of the opposite sex and they're sitting at home on the couch eating potato chips, watching you know a movie. It, but they were they're not all they're not all out at a disco having like <laughs> raunchy sex in the bathroom with S and M's. You know what I'm saying? That's how it's always portrayed. Yeah. And and I, I don't think that's 
you know, it doesn't, it's not something that helps the, the cause. I don't think so. Uh, I think, I think there's gay people that are just like you and me. They just love somebody different. It, it, it doesn't make sense that it's always pushed as like, I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Absolutely. I was actually like super excited. I saw, I saw Gay Slasher and I was like, yes, this is awesome. And within five minutes, the, they're all so insufferable, self-absorbed douchebags that I was like, oh, man. And then it never got any better after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and like like not not every gay person is running around. I'm fabulous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they are in this. Wow, oh, that was that was plenty of of gay people. <laughs> you wouldn't know they were gay unless they told you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah this they, is the they only tend to portray them with gay character we we ever get to see. I think, and and it it's a disservice. That's just and that's just coming yeah. from from me who. I'm just observing from the outside. So um. I kind of like the way they handled uh, the homosexual characters in climax because they kind of ran the gamut. They, they, you had a couple that were just normal guys, but then, you know, they had one or two that were very flamboyant, which I, I think that would be a more accurate sample of the gay community. You know, some people are going to be flamboyant. Some people are going to be more low key, not advertising the fact some people are just going to be completely, you know, what we would call quote unquote normal. So, mm-hmm. you know, even though more people like that film more than I did, I did kind of like the, their spectrum of gay characters that they portrayed. They there. weren't so. all the same. Yeah, they, they, exactly. the they, they didn't feel like tokens. In Midnight mm-hmm. Kiss, it feels like they took the one token gay character that shows up in movies, but made the whole cast them. So what I'm saying, what you're saying is this is not a recommend. <laughs> yeah, and and on and like I said, the the me not recommending it has really nothing to do with that because I wouldn't really care if like the horror. Well, okay, I would care less. I'll put it that way. <laughs> the horror, the horror. If there was actual good horror elements and it was interesting, because uh, I'm not I'm not one to hate on a dumb slasher movie if it has good kills and you know provides all that kind of stuff this one just didn't give me any of that so i was like why is this even a hulu into the dark movie to begin with oh okay there's two minutes of a slasher i guess okay whatever moving on (laughs) all right mr venom you're up what you been watching all right um this is a movie that it's from 2019 but it came out in september so potentially it may have already been discussed on the show but i'm gonna go ahead and talk about it because i just saw it over the last couple of weeks that is the latest uh, vehicle from writer director larry fessenden it is his take on the modern prometheus which of course would later be known as mary shelley's frankenstein and that is depraved um I'm most curious, Mark. Did you see Depraved? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it twice. What did you think of it? I, I thought it was okay. Um, no, okay, it's been getting it's it's been landing on a lot of top ten lists, and it's okay. been getting all this. And I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, okay. I think it's a decent movie, but I was like, it, it's not anywhere near my top ten. Exactly. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Then and because... I like Larry Fessenden. I think he's oh, doing I love good Larry stuff. Fessenden. And I, and I, yeah, that might have been it. I might have been expecting more. 
but potentially um, yeah i mean i it, it felt like just a beat for beat remake of frankenstein just set in modern times i mean it didn't he mm-hmm. didn't really add anything to it other than how they were getting the body parts but even yeah. that's like you know yeah. Yeah. we can make that assumption without having to see it yeah. um I mean, I thought the movie was solid. I thought the guy who played, you know, the creature did a pretty good job. I liked how his his development kind of went after he was revived and everything. But like I said, just it, it didn't bring anything new to the mythology. It didn't really, it, you know, it had a modern touch in the sense that, you know, people had cell phones and, you know, drove modern cars. But that was about all they really took advantage of. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen him do a little bit more with modern technology and bring like modern science into it. And uh, and maybe, you know, even get a little supernatural with some alchemy or something crazy. But yeah, I mean, like I said, for for being a beat for beat remake of Frankenstein, it was a solid film. Uh, I still enjoyed it, but I definitely don't see all the love that it's getting. I, I I kind of agree with IMDb. It's currently sitting on a 5.1 on IMDb, and you know I would probably be a little bit higher than that because I didn't dislike my experience with it. I mean, it's a two-hour movie, so strap in for a long one. But all in all, mm-hmm. I found it enjoyable. But yeah, definitely not one of the ten best of the year. Anybody else? That's one of the 2019 one that slipped by me, so I got to do some catch up on that one. Same with uh, Tumbad. I, I, I haven't seen that one either. Uh, watch Tomb Bad before you watch Depraved. Yes. <laughs> well, at, at your guys' recommendation, definitely. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, uh, I, I remember uh, 2015, it was in my top 20 of the year, uh, Frankenstein, which is another like modern day retelling of the story. Mm-hmm. Much better than this, I think. Nice. What year was that? Uh, it, 2015. You can watch it for free on IMDb TV right now. Cool. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's got Carrie Ann Moss in it. Um, uh, Danny Houston. Uh, Xavier Samuel is is the, the creature. But I just found it to be more, um, I don't know, just a, a more snazzy uh, telling, <laughs> I guess. Sure. I, I just kind of found myself being a little bored with the because I think the it's more of the character study th- than it is any like kind of you know horror elements. I, I don't know. That's just me. I think the uh, setting kind of suffered for me because you know we're all used to seeing Frankenstein in a more like Victorian setting. Yeah. That to see it in modern time, it's almost like meh. You know, yeah. like okay, what special? Watch, watch the 2015 one. And let me know what you think, because it's the I same will. thing. It's in a city. It's in, you know, modern times. But I just think they did a much, much better job of it. Did you see it, Watson? I did not. No. Depraved. Yeah. No, we, right. we talked about it on uh, Watsy, but I think I think Dave had seen it, but I, I haven't confirmed that with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he says hi, by the way, to everybody. Just wanted to throw that out there. Hey, Dave. Uh, Say hi to Frankie uh, for me. Up. <laughs> all right uh and i th- i don't think we've mentioned that on the show before uh venom so there you go cool all right my first one is uh i'm i just watched this yesterday it's um a dark comedy but it's uh it's definitely horror and that's uh villains anybody else seen this yet have not yeah, i you- did got it and it follows in it Yes, it does. It does. Uh, it's got Bill Skarsgård in it. Uh, sans his 
uh, Pennywise makeup, and it's got uh, her name's uh, is it Mike? Is it Michael? No, not Michael. Mike. Micah Monroe from It Follows and The Guest and whatever. Uh, she she's quite the looker. But basically, what you have is you got this this really insufferable couple that are totally in love with each other, but they just happen to be like really small time crooks, like bad at it. <laughs> they they rob this convenience store and and on their getaway, you know, of course, the guy has forgotten to fill up the tank of the car, and they run out of gas on the main highway. So they. Uh, they know that they're going to be, you know, um, chased down by the police. So they, they're looking for a place to hide. There's a house just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they break in and there's a, a small child girl chained in the basement. And they're like, what the heck? And nobody's home. But then the other couple that lives there comes home. And it's basically these villains break into a house of even worse villains. Uh, so it's, uh, uh, it, it's definitely, uh, very humorous, I thought. And, uh, I don't know if it's going to make, uh, like, like my top 10 list or anything. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, I'm not sure if there was quite enough horror for me. I was, what about you Watson? Were you waiting for a supernatural twist? You know, I was just waiting for this to actually step into horror territory. Mm-hmm. It is dark, uh, you know, a, a dark comedy, Definitely thriller has a you know a little bit of blood in it, but I don't know if this goes that extra mile to give us horror. There is tension, but more in that kind of fun thriller way. Mm-hmm. Well, think of that. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. I guess I mean it, it, it's technically you know if you look at the uh, IMDb or the Rotten Tomatoes, it's it's technically you know horror thriller. Oh, but, does it, oh. yeah, but it, it's definitely light. On the horror. I mean, the situation's horrific. You know, yeah. you break in and there's a, a small girl chained up, and th- and there's a couple of little things I don't want to spoil, um, but that I was like, seriously, like this is how this is going to go. But uh, I will say this: the performances were really good. Uh, every single um, actor actress in this movie, we've got, um, Skarsgård and Monroe, and then we have Kira Sedgwick. Is it Cedric? Cedric. Cedric. I think that's, um, Kevin Bacon's wife, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In real life. And then, uh, what's the guy's name from burn notice? Oh, what's his name? I'm looking it up. Jeffrey Donovan. He was great. I thought he was great in this movie. He's, he's like a, you know, a bad guy, but he's, uh, he's pretty, prim and proper and cool and collected. He's, he's, he's a psychopath, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. I, I would recommend it, but if you're looking for something a little bit more horrific, uh, this, this, this might be one that you, you skip, but if you like, um, dark comedies, you might like this because there, there were some pretty funny moments. I thought so. All right. Back up to you, Watson, what you been watching. All right. All right. To call back to the Horcast's latest episode as of this recording here tonight, my son and I recently watched Anna and the Apocalypse 2019, 18, limited 2018, but 2019 yeah. in the States for the most part. Uh, little synopsis here in this gleeful mashup. Anna and her friends must fight and sing their way through a zombie invasion to reach the supposed safety of their school, not knowing if their parents and friends will still be alive when they get there. So, folks, I, I had no idea. 
I was going to have so much fun with this movie. I'm not mm-hmm. the for teen angst themes, things like Glee. I know I'm uh, sorry, Mark Nato. I know you're a Glee fan, but uh, you sure. know, High School Musical. You know, they're not on my radar. I'm a little bit sick of zombies, even though I still watch my. You know, my son and I still watch The Walking Dead religiously. So, but I'm also not a big Christmas dude. So nothing about this film should have worked for me yet. <laughs> all of it, <laughs> portions of it are a bit elementary. And don't reach for greater heights on a thematic level. Okay, I, I, I get that. You know, and to, to, to speak into what Vin said about that, I, I agree to a point. But the musical gimmick here is strong. And this narrative doesn't play out as expected. The third act has some surprises that don't really fit with the lighthearted tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. Some, that's pretty dark. Uh, I'm hoping that this is Ella Hunt's breakout role because she was stellar. I want to see more of her. And... Uh, just, I have to go back to something because my audio kind of cut earlier, but speaking to what we were talking about earlier regarding gay characters and gay tropes in cinema, we do have a lesbian character in this film who's dynamic and well-rounded, which mm-hmm. is something I'm thinking we'll see more of in the future. I'm kind of making a prediction here, but right now we're kind of on the far end of this social pendulum swing where the whole cliched, hypersexual depiction of the LGBTQ plus community is like what's being emphasized right now. But I believe once there's a bit more homonormativity in cinema, you know, cinema culture and all that, we'll see more nuanced gay characters and it won't be so weird not to see tropey junk anymore where, oh, that's the, the gay person you all think of. See, I have several mm-hmm. very close gay friends and none of them are very fabulous. They could all, you, mm-hmm. they could actually all watch Queer Eye for the Gay Guy to get some lessons. But anyways, <laughs> they're just my homies. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I got, I got a little sidetracked. I just wanted to point that out because my audio kind of... Queer Eye for, for the, the Gay, gay Guy. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, that's... Uh, that's yeah, it's, that's a name. show... For the gays, by the gays. By the gays, exactly. But <laughs> I guess that's all I, I kind of wanted to make that point. I loved Anna in the uh, Apocalypse. It was, it was just such a blast. I did not expect it. It was a big surprise for me. So, yeah, for, for me, yeah, that's uh, Anna in the Apocalypse 2019. Dude, I, I'm right with you. I mean, you heard the show. I, I loved it. It was uh, such a fun ride. I love musicals. I, I love, uh, yeah, yeah. I do like Glee. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just something about it that I really enjoy. And uh, Ella Hunt was just fantastic. Yes. And uh, the songs were so catchy and, they, and toe tapping. And I was like, man, yeah, th- this is uh, this is right up my alley. So I, yeah. I would definitely um, like to see more of, of this kind of thing jerry you missed the the show but what i was curious as to what you thought about it oh i love that movie i i saw it in theaters in december 2018 fell in love with it instantly and i and i'm the same thing i'm not a big fan of musicals though there have been a few horror musicals that have kind of spoken to me over the years um you know repo things like that uh devil's carnival uh, but yeah, this one was so much fun. I mean, I, I this movie was better and more fun than it had any right to be. It just mm-hmm. shouldn't. I, I, I'm, I consider myself a gore hound, and I was absolutely loving this film. And I mean, you say toe tapping, yeah, literally. I mean, yep. I was, I was practically dancing on the couch. But thankfully, I was alone. But yeah, I mean, I was having a great old time with it. I, I definitely enjoyed it as much as you did, Mark. Yep. Mike and Tammy, did you guys see this yet? No, I gave up on it, and then I asked you if I should watch it, and you said yes, yeah, so I will. I just haven't yet. Oh, I, I haven't either. 
Yeah. I, I kind of had or had the same apprehension that Watson had, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I am going to get around to it probably soon. Um, it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah, just give it a shot. I mean, it, there's a possibility you might not like it if if you really hate musicals and you just, oh, I can't understand why they'd be breaking down this song right here. And you just can't get past that. Um, but it's just really well acted, really well sung. It, it, it's it's a it's a it's a great movie in my opinion. So glad glad you brought that up, Mr. Watson. Tammy, back up to you. I'm sorry to say that I'm already hitting the pile of crap. Did anybody Uh-oh. else have <laughs> did anybody else have the unfortunate experience of watching Paradise Hills? Oh, that's the one with um uh Emma um Roberts. Emma Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched about half of it, and I was like, I can't with this. I'm, I'm not sure. What, I wasn't sure what was going on. There was really no horror element to it. I don't know. Well, yeah. Um, I, I took one for the team, and I actually finished it. But it, it trust me, it never got, gets any better. And the premise for it is kind of like a Jordan Peele thing. There's the haves and the have-nots. And if you're a have, but you don't act right, you can get sent off to paradise. Which, just from like the trailer, the trailer did me dirty because it looked like it was a evil institution kind of mm-hmm. thing. Which, I'm th- oh, I'm there for the evil institution. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not. I'm not quite sure what was going on. So, anyway, she, Emma Roberts, gets sent there. Um, by either her mother or her fiance, it kind of goes back and forth. And this is one of those movies that's trying to be an art house movie, but it's completely falls short on every single aspect. And it just never really goes anywhere. It's the horror isn't very horrifying. Um, Mila Jovovich is in it too. She's kind of like the head of the, whatever this place Mist- is. Headmistress or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Headmistress. Yes, exactly. And, um, so she gets sent to this place and hilarity ensues and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was and, a and chore not, to and watch it, it. And it's not very hilarious. Yeah. No, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Emma, Emma Roberts usually picks better movies. I'm not yeah, sure I why. really like her. I mean, she is why I watched it. I'll admit it. Plus thinking it was something that it ended up not being, but well, she can't me, even make it better. Can I give you two recommendations? If you like, evil institution type movies. Um, one, one is not a slaughterhouse one, right? No. Well, oh. yeah, that one I like, which no one else on the earth likes slaughterhouse. I like it. I like it a lot. Yep. Um, it, it, yep. it's, it's a, it's an underrated movie this year. Underrated. Absolutely. It's on um, my list, but yes, there's ahead. another movie from this year. It's a fantasy horror musical. Okay. Have you ever heard of the, the, the chick, uh, Melanie Martinez? Yeah. She's, a, she's a singer. Okay. What, something. She wrote this, this whole movie. She wrote all the songs and, uh, here it is a brave hearted girl and her charming best friend make a bewitching pair as they embark on a mission to take down the oppressive schooling system of K through 12. Okay. And that's what it is. It's called K through 12. And yeah. it's, it's the movie that paradise Hills wishes it could be. Well, I will check that out then. Yeah, but it's it's a straight up musical, okay? <laughs> uh, they'll be, they'll, they're they're traveling at the beginning. They're traveling on a pink school bus to this K twelve, and they're just singing, you know. And uh, yeah, so you're definitely gonna get the music, but it's it's much better than that. And then 
another one that's not a movie and it's not a musical, but it's kind of like a evil institution type thing is, uh, did you ever watch the miniseries, uh, Picnic or Hanging Rock? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was great. Yes. Really? I am an avid, avid, avid fan of that and the original movie. Yep. Oh. All right. I just wanted to, you know, yes. throw that out there in case you did, hadn't heard of it. So, all righty. It's uh, back up to Mike. All right. So, this one, IMDb has a list that's 2018, but I want to say it probably wasn't widely available to people instead of 2000 or until 2019, which means Venom probably saw it in 2015. But um, <laughs> that's a theater by itself. <laughs> yeah. This one's definitely more of a sci fi thriller more than horror. I mean, there's plenty of tense moments in it um but it's called freaks and this is one i kind of intend i I was kind of iffy on watching this for like in prep for the top 10 because a lot of people said they liked it but almost everyone said you know it's more sci-fi thriller than horror so as i was getting into crunch time it kind of dropped down in priority of what i wanted to get watched so another new year's day watch for me yeah, I I like this one. Um, it, it's the basic setup is a, a dad's kind of protecting his. Well, I guess you could quote unquote protect protecting her. She she can't leave the house. Kind of like you know she there's a world out there that she doesn't know as as long as she can remember, probably from birth. Uh, we we don't exactly know why uh, we get like little bits and pieces. And of course, you know, it's not really that much of a slow to say eventually she gets out and then pieces to the puzzle of what exactly is going on, um, begin to happen. And it's one of those stories that starts real small and little things happen and it gets bigger and a little wider in scope. And then you eventually get to, uh, the meat of the story. And I, I enjoyed it. it. It was pretty good. I don't know. Some people really, really love it. And I wouldn't say, you know, I was in love with the movie as, as much as some people, but I still found it to be uh, a good time. It was solid. I liked the story. Um, so I would recommend it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, yeah, that's, that's freaks, uh, from last year. Yeah. I, I love that movie. I, I do see how it's um, some people are not going to consider it horror. Uh, I think I think if you go into it blind and kind of not know what's going on, the first half is very like you know she's being kind of held against her will. She can't go out. We're gonna you know the ice cream man is kind of scary. Yeah, that, that you know. setup like the the very I would say like the first act kind of reminded me of a. Uh, the the second Cloverfield movie, the one in Ten the Cloverfield Lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it kind of had similar where like she's in the bunker with the other characters. John Goodman's kind of or whatever the name of his character was is running the show, and you you kind of don't have a firm grasp on whether he's just crazy or he's telling yeah, the I truth. Didn't, I didn't know what you the know? heck was going on. To tell you yeah, the truth, I had I no like, idea either. Because I went in blind because I didn't, you know, watch a trailer. I didn't, you know, have have it spoiled. So I, I didn't have any clue what was coming was coming. I, I thought there was I thought there was definitely like a ghost or something happening in, mm-hmm. in, in the house. And it was going to be a ghost story or something. But nope. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, I like the I like the fact that the title would almost make you think it alludes to something else and then you find out 
who it's alluding to being the freaks mm-hmm. is kind of a term because you don't you didn't really expect the freaks to be who they ended up being once you get more of the story. Yep. Yep. Anybody else see it? Oh yeah. Do you see this one yet, Tammy? No, not yet. But I know you guys said it was good. It's on my list. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> about you, Watson? It's on the list, my friend. <laughs> it's on your list to see or on your top ten to, list? To see. Yeah, there, there oh, are a lot see. of lists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of lists this year, you know, this this time of year. Um, I, I hate to keep doing this, but there's uh, three other sci-fi type horror movies you need to check out. Uh, Code 8, which is very similar to Freaks, in my opinion. Encounter and assimilate which i've um said before on here that's that stars the uh the chick from halloween um it's like a body snatcher type thing and it's on netflix but yeah i I like sci-fi horror i do i i did see assimilate i thought i thought that was decent i like the end actually i like that kind of i i can't really get into it because it would spoil what I like about that ending, but I, I, I felt the ending was a little bit of a flipping on the head. What, how those usually end as far as like mm-hmm. what they kind of discover and where it's taking place and why it's taking place where it is. And I know that sounds vague and kind of convoluted. Like what the hell are you talking about? But it, it <laughs> you can't, I can't really say anymore without spoiling. All right, Mr. Venom. All right, my next movie might be a little bit of a controversial pick, but I'm going to go with it anyway because it is technically one of my favorite ghost stories ever. Uh, The original novella was written in 1843 by the incomparable Mr. Charles Dickens, which means, of course, I am talking about A Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. This adaptation of A Christmas Carol was brought to us by the BBC, It stars Guy Pearce as Ebenezer Scrooge, Andy Serkis as the Ghost of Christmas Past, and Stephen Graham as Jacob Marley. Um, Part of the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because this movie started out very, very dark. It had like, it actually had horror movie elements to it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure if a lot of people are familiar with A Christmas Carol, if you remember when Ebenezer Scrooge first gets to his door on Christmas Eve, he sees like the image of Jacob Marley in the uh, door knocker mm-hmm. and it's it's like a lion head. In this version, when he sees the image of Jacob Marley, he freaks out and he kind of breaks the knocker. He breaks the knocker part off and then the lower jaw of the lion Mm-hmm. So later on, when we actually see Jacob Marley for the first time, he's missing his lower jaw and mm-hmm. is like his tongue is just hanging there and you can hear the gurgling. And and then when Guy Pierce looks down, the hammer that he was holding uh, turns into uh, J- Jacob Marley's lower jaw, which he drops on the floor. Of course, he Jacob mm-hmm. Marley picks it up and puts it back on. And I just remember thinking, wow, that was one of the darkest things I've ever seen in a Christmas Carol adaptation. Mm -hmm. So it started out really solid. Um, This movie was three episodes as it aired on the BBC, but you can currently watch it on Hulu um, in its full um, uh, feature length form. It's three hours even. 
Um, like I said, it was three hours when it aired on television. Uh, the first episode, I thought, started out really good. Uh, they spent a lot more time with Jacob Marley in this adaptation. Uh, mm -hmm. Usually, we don't meet Jacob Marley until that fateful night on Christmas Eve. But in this one, we actually get a little bit of backstory on Jacob Marley and even some of the setup after his death of um, yeah, a particular spirit. Yeah. Exactly. Basically telling them, you need to do this to save your own soul as well, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of leads into the story as we normally know it. Um, the only pr man, I just wish the third episode was as strong as the first two. I, I felt like the third episode, specifically uh, the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Um, even though he looked cool, because usually that spirit looks like the Grim Reaper, you know, just a big old skeleton mm -hmm. in, a, in a Reaper robe. This time they actually had a gentleman playing him with his mouth sewn shut so that he couldn't mm -hmm. actually speak. He could only kind of speak through body language and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of a cool change at first, but they spend so little time with him Um you know, in the original story, he he takes Ebenezer Scrooge to like four or five different locales. Yeah. Uh, in this one, he only takes them to one. They they go straight to the cemetery. Um, it, it it makes no sense that a three hour movie would seem rushed. Yeah, exactly. You know, but they definitely spent so much time on other things that they they like really rushed through that last act. And I, yeah. I agree with you. It was it was like, what's happening? This this is it. <laughs> yeah and they spent so much time like, like they they added stuff that's not in the novella to really make ebenezer scrooge seem like even more of a scumbag than he usually is like they had it they added a whole plot point with him actually kind of sexually yeah, ex assaulting yeah, extorting extorting yes exactly. cratchit and and the whole thing that you know when he was a kid it wasn't it wasn't just oh. bad enough that his parents uh you know kind of abandon him at school they're basically prostituting him out to the exactly. to the minister or whatever that wow. I, I was just like it's just way too oh it's overkill a little bit yeah dude they, they i was so to... i was so disappointed in this yeah i mean it started so strong and then mm -hmm. i mean i i actually was okay with that whole thing because it added a little bit of uh sympathy to i mean obviously the sympathy is already there because of him being ignored by his mother or excuse me his father his mother died during childbirth his childbirth so yeah. um you know there's obviously that strain on the relationship but yeah i didn't mind the extra stuff with the headmaster from the school you know actually kind of implying that he assaults him uh during every christmas break because ebenezer obviously doesn't go home for christmas break so blah 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 he gets uh, but his father gets free tuition yeah, he gets, oh my, which is yeah. Did you let let your son stay here so I can sodomize him, and uh, you can go to school free here? You know, he's uh, already a rich man. It was it's just not like he even needs the free yeah. tuition. <laughs> it so was just funny. a little too much for me. At times, yeah, I, I will yeah. I will admit that they went a little over the top at times. But yeah, this is a this is an adaptation that had a lot of potential to be almost the first true horror adaptation. But like I said, that third act just kind of fizzled out and where we would expect all the really cool horror, it just never really came. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I yeah. still think it was solid. Um, if, if you're as big a fan of The Christmas Carol as I am, I watch every single adaptation, including animated, claymation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. I watch A Christmas Carol. Please. And yeah, this one, I, I had, you know, I had high hopes for this one. 
especially because I'm a fan of Guy Pierce and Andy Circus. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, 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 a lot of um, uh, what's well, the word I'm looking for? Un, unrealized expectation. And th- those two weren't the problem. Oh, you not know, at all. They were great. It was it was it was writing and editing of the script and all of that 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 was uh-huh. the problem. But uh, on the last uh, Rotten Roundtable, it was one of my things I was looking forward to the most, and I was like, uh, I, I'm like, this is something I've been waiting for. I didn't know I needed it. And I've been waiting for it. And guess what? I didn't need it because <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't, yeah. you know, it, it looks great. Um, and, and there, there were parts of it. There, there was one part in particular that I really thought was cool. And it was, um, the ghost of, of, of Christmas, uh, past Andy circus. He had this hat on and yeah. he would, he did something. He spun the hat and it turned into like a film projector. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? And like he was showing uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, like him and the kids that he would have had had he. Yeah, that was interesting. You know, yeah, that, that was, was interesting. That's the kind of stuff I wanted to see. But and and I just kind of felt like they were just hitting it over the head. And like this is how bad of a person he is. Okay, Ebenezer Scrooge is always a bad, selfish, you know, person. I don't think we needed the the extortion and the, you know, that kind of Absolutely. thing. But, they definitely uh, Rob Zombie uh, a Christmas Carol. Rob <laughs> Zombie. They Christmas gave us they gave us more background <laughs> to Ebenezer Scrooge than we ever wanted, just like he did to Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, and especially in Ebenezer Scrooge uh, came down the steps and and um, uh, Love Hurts was playing. And, Oh God! <laughs> and, and Mary uh, Cratchit was on the pole. She was on the pole. Okay, oh, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Too much. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have anything to say about that? Anybody else see it? No. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah, it's hard to recommend. It's three hours long, especially for the disappointing ending. So it's probably not a high recommend. But again, if you're a Christmas Carol fan and you're a completist, yeah, check it out. It's on Hulu. All righty. All right. Uh, next one I'm going to talk about is uh, one that I've been seeing get uh, some love on Facebook over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's got two different titles, uh, but The Cleansing Hour, also known as The Devil's Hour. Uh, anybody seen this one? No. Oh. Lloyd recommended it. Yeah. It's it's um, basically what you got here is is uh, a guy who is posing as a priest and he's performing uh, and I have air quotes exorcisms uh, <laughs> live on the internet to get money, you know, and, and, and followers and all of that social media uh, sort of like a YouTube type thing. And, and one of his exorcisms that is completely supposed to be staged and scripted actually becomes a real exorcism and lots of stuff happens um <laughs> yeah it, it becomes like uh, like the exorcist basically uh with a complete with a, a girl that's you know chained up and talking in a man's voice and he knows everything about you know and um <clears throat> this is a this is a pretty decent pos- possession flick uh it's uh it's got some interesting choices um and it's got some some it's got some character development. Uh, the the main guy Max, uh, they do some flashbacks to 
kind of why he's doing what he's doing and what uh, some of the secrets, basically the, the demon kind of makes them confess all the secrets that these friends are, ho- are holding back from each other. And, and it causes more of a, uh, a friction or a, or a dynamic there uh, rather than it just be uh, them versus the demon. Now they're kind of opposed to each other and they have to, you know, so uh, there, there's some pretty cool um, uh, special effects. Uh, I think this is probably a pretty low budget movie. I don't, think I remember seeing any of these actors and anything else. Um, but it was, it was decent. It was definitely worth a watch. Uh, if, if you're still trying to, um, you know, fit movies in that you think might be in your top 10, top 15, this probably is not going to get there. But if you like possession movies, which I do, uh, it, it's, it, you could do worse. And there's been a lot worse possession movies than the cleansing hour. So, Alrighty, back up to Watson. Okay, okay. I, I, you know, I dig possession movies. I'll have to check that one out. Uh, I probably probably won't get to it before uh, the recording with Exploding Heads this weekend. But you know, I yeah, it's not it's not going to make your top ten, man. I guarantee you, guarantee it. Mine's pretty locked in. But uh, speaking <laughs> of movies that are going to be making top tens like that is, uh, I sat down last week to watch the Midsummer Director's Cut, twenty nineteen. A couple travel to Sweden to visit their friend's rural hometown for its fabled Midsummer Festival, but what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves and into increasing violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. So listen to this. I have a strange relationship with this movie because on one hand, I believe, and I, I mean it's Ari Aster, I believe Ari Aster to be one of the most brilliant working filmmakers in horror right now on thematic level. I think you could write a dissertation on this movie all about the psychological process of indoctrination, about the banality of evil, to quote the philosopher Hannah Arendt. There's a, a, so much here to speak of. Next, my gangsters. Yeah, I, I don't have just a blast with this movie. I do respect it. I quite like it. But after watching this director's cut, I feel that my journey with this film is kind of coming to a close. Like I don't know if I'll be revisiting this film for years to come. That said... I do want to recommend this director's cut to fans of the film. It clarifies the relationship dynamic between our main characters, Danny and Christian, and it does so in a way that lends more credibility to that ending we get than the theatrical version does. Like when I saw the theaters, it's unavoidable to see how the script has Danny's back, yet I was sitting there like, I'm not seeing much of a difference between her and Christian, so I didn't really like either of them and their respective codependency issues, if you will. This version of the film, though, gives you a better look at Danny and is just what the film needs to show you a full picture of her journey and where she ends up. So I don't know how many of you have seen the Midsummer Director's Cut, but it's a high recommend for anybody who liked what they saw in the theatrical version. So that's the Director's Cut of Midsummer 2019. Did anybody get to catch this? Oh yeah. oh yeah, I I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I enjoyed it more than the yeah. theatrical version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I but I'm with you when you talk about, uh, like his his previous movie Hereditary, which yeah. I think is, it might end up being my top of the decade. I'm I'm not it saying it, it, yeah, but that movie is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, this one to me is a good movie. It's a, it's a, it's a, a hair step down from hereditary, but that's kind of like saying, you know, 
one A and one B. Yeah, it, it, it's. It, but I, I didn't have as much fun with this movie as I did with, you know, the the Hereditary, and and, you know, part of it is I'm not as big on folk horror, and I, and I saw a lot of shades of Wicker Man, and that kind of thing in this, which which we've seen before. Uh, and I had not seen anything like Hereditary before, <laughs> so, um, yeah. But it, it's 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 a good movie, man. And if you are a fan of the the theatrical, you definitely have to to watch the director's cut. You have to because it, it yeah. explains it explains more things and fleshes out the characters. And yeah, I agree with you. I mean, whether I, we're talking about the director's cut or the theatrical, I think this movie is absolutely brilliant. It's a modern masterpiece to me. I could watch. I have already watched this movie double digit times since I got the Blu-ray. Yes. I and absolutely Jeff- love this. I I or- love Danny's path um, in this film. I don't I don't look at Danny as a uh, how can I put it? Because because uh, a lot of people are echoing what you were saying, Watson, about her and Christian and how neither one of them are very likable. I tend to disagree a little bit, even from the theatrical version alone. Sure. I sure. I disagreed a little bit because I just none of us could possibly ever know what it's like to lose your entire family in one fail swoop. This isn't just your mother, just your father, just your brother, just your sister. This is everyone that's ever been important to her gone like that. Yeah. And the way that she reacted to it. I almost take offense when people are saying that it's either fake or hammed up or because none of us know what we would do in that situation. I think I would be an even worse blithering idiot for much longer than she was if that Mm -hmm. happened to me. If anything, six months, the fact that she kind of almost got over it in six months is almost a minor miracle, in my opinion. Um, But then aside from characterization and storytelling, the filmmaking, stellar almost every shot a work of art um this is the most accurate depiction of taking psilocybin that i've ever seen set the film before this it would have been fear and loathing in las vegas but this does it even better what you're seeing on film is exactly what the average person sees when they're on psilocybin or magic mushrooms whatever the form they're taking it in and i think for whatever that's worth I don't know if I don't know if that means that Astor has had acid in his life or maybe his cinematographer has had acid in his life because this thing was just I mean I was having flashbacks watching this movie of and, and I haven't touched acid since the 90s but man th- this movie spoke to me in so many ways even even ugly american mark who was obviously the biggest douche in that film still came off as organic and believable to me, even though I understand why he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I mean, he was, he was, he was a trope. He was the ugly American abroad. Um, and I understand that. And I understand that that's a trope we've been dealing with for decades. So people are probably sick of it, but I've traveled to Europe and I understand that that's Uh, going to happen. You know, ugly Americans. I mean, that term is very accurate. And I, I, if you take offense to it, then you're probably one of them. Jerry, because Venom, can Please. I ask you? Uh, would, well, and I, I would direct this to everybody who has seen Midsummer. There is a scene involving a cliff and something they see <laughs> uh, be, uh, at, at this cliff setting. 
Mm-hmm. Would you have left at that point, or would you have stayed? <laughs> I think. I, I oh no! Think, I, I think I would have left. Yeah. No. No. I'm, I, I, that that is the one of. I mean, Moods and I had this conversation on the Twenty Two Shots episode where we 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 actually had a little bit of a back and forth on specifically Connie, the character of Connie, whose boyfriend yeah. Simon disappeared first, mm-hmm. and how. I was making the argument that she wasn't even vocal enough. Like she just got engaged to this guy. There is zero, and I mean zero chance that he would ever leave her to go to the airport or bus station or whatever without saying something to her. So why didn't she just flat out look at Ulf and say, you're a liar. Why are you lying to me? Now, I understand that she's a stranger in a strange land and maybe at that point is worried about her safety and and Simon's safety and all the other Americans and safety for that matter but that was definitely a point of contention um you know whether the why these people stayed after they saw these horrific events but again i mean if they acted the way people would act in real life it would have been a 45 minute movie right <laughs> yeah. okay hey is there a on top of vista where i can get a picture of the village from above and they'd be like oh sure go up to this place and i'd be like okay and then peace out I I, I actually so I'm about like (laughs) that 22 shots episode's like seven hours long. I think I'm at like four hours into it. I think everyone's like about to say like their number fours, and then I left for work for the day. But I I heard that conversation with you guys on that aspect of Midsummer, and I, you know, I go back and forth on that specific part when it's like, well, why didn't they just leave? And I I understand that view point but i also kind of tend to side on the other thing you said which is you know you already are pretty you're pretty much once they arrive they're they are isolated from the outside world at that point and i think there's a even though they're angry confused i think there is an element of vulnerability you know they're basically fish out of water at that point yes they're they can be angry about the situation but they're to me they're also kind of in a helpless situation what it's like they can argue and yell but what what power do they really have to change? Such, like if, if she really wanted to press the issue, I would assume they would, you know, they would probably get a group and like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get you out of here and then disappear somewhere. Kind of like what they did with the boyfriend. Um, sure. Sure. That doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily mean she knows that, but I think that there is a vulnerability with all the characters be, and especially because like when, um, Danny kind of obviously Danny doesn't react as much as the chick from London, but when Danny's kind of like upset about it and telling her boyfriend, and he's trying, like he obviously is somewhat disturbed too, but then he's trying to like not necessarily justify, but calm him down. Like you know, we are guests in like a different culture, and what's normal to us is not to them, and you know he's trying to quantify the situation, which is understandable i think i think basically everybody's reaction in the movie is justified um and i and i think it's more that like you you you've kind of you probably in that situation fear for your own safety and everyone's going to kind of react because there is like the fight or flight aspect when it comes to the characters and i i think you know if if something like that would have happened like you know in their own country or even in their own neighborhood i think you know they would have not taken it and they would have you know taking the necessary steps yeah, to get sure. out of there or go to law enforcement or whatever but it's kind of like well what exact what power do we have to change the situation right now ultimately 
she can yell and make a scene out of it, but it's like, uh, if we step over that line, what's actually going to happen? <laughs> you know, I don't know that I would be thinking that far ahead, honestly. Like if, if my, if me and my wife were in that situation and they tried to claim that she left without saying bye to me, I don't know that I would have the wherewithal to think about my own personal safety. I would be, I'd be throwing expletives left and right. I'd be swinging at every white person that I could find. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, what you're saying is absolutely correct. It's logical, but the point is they're in an illogical situation. So act illogically, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's the one time that I would forgive it in a horror movie. It's like, you're, you're obviously in a very effed up situation. So it's time for you to either be more effed up or just be quiet. Uh, but she, she kind of took the middle of the road, uh, angle, which like I said, that kind of bothered me. Um, mm. it, a very minor nitpick, obviously, because I think the movie's a masterpiece, but you know, ultimately it's still a nitpick. It's still something to pick out, you know, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> All right. Midsummer director's cut. Check it out. We are back up to Tammy. What's up, Tammy? All right. Well, because so much of what I brought this week is on the pile of crap, I'm going to bring a movie from 1959. And I'm not even sorry about it. And it is called The Bat, starring, yes. Vincent, <laughs> starring ah. Vincent Price and Agnes Moorhead. Jerry's seen it. Anybody else seen it? Oh, yeah. I've never so, seen it. Never. I have a hunch I've seen it like a long time ago, but not enough to re- like even have a conversation about it. It could arguably be. I know a lot of people say like maybe Psycho is the first slasher, or Black Christmas, or Halloween. I'm arguing that this might be right up there with possibly the first being at 1959. Little synopsis is a throat-ripping crazed killer known as the Bat is on the loose in a mansion full of people. And mm-hmm. I watch a lot of old movies. I am very selective about, about what I would bring on the podcast. And I think this one is so good that just about anybody would like it. And it is so... I mean, you can either watch it, like, kind of watch it straight up, or you can watch it for what I think is a very sarcastic funny like there's a lot of dark humor in this the kills are pretty good the story is interesting there's lots of twists and turns it's not hokey like a lot of older quote-unquote horror movies are and i think just about anybody would enjoy it and i highly recommend it and when i had sling recently there is a i know you have sling mark there's a channel on there the film detective Mm-hmm. And they just now started offering like a standalone on a Roku channel. This is, they are one of the best streamers for like older movies. I think they're curated very, very well. And this is currently available on there. It's available lots of other places. Um, according to IMDb, this is like the fourth adaptation of this. So you have to be sure you're getting the 1959 Vincent Price, Agnes Moorhead, and Agnes Moorhead was actually quite beautiful. I mean, a lot of people probably know her as Mother from Bewitched. Indora. But back in the day, she was, yeah, mm-hmm. she is quite a handsome woman. So it's just very <laughs> handsome good. Handsome woman. Yeah, you know, you know that's what usually, <laughs> That's usually how we refer to women that aren't very attractive. I know, but. She's a handsome woman. She, in a good way, if there's such a thing, she in a good way, she's a handsome woman. 
and it's just funny and entertaining and it you know it's not it's like an hour and 10 minutes or something only it's a great way to kill a little bit of time if you got some time so yeah i need to watch yeah. it I, mean, it is I, love, so I, love, vincent, I love vincent price so i'm not sure why i haven't seen this it's I actually of- got to see that in 3D at oh, Monster Yeah. <laughs> this was only a couple of years ago, but yeah, they were showing House of Wax and the Bat in 3D. Oh, the screen wasn't very big. It wasn't like a theater. It was more like a cutoff room at the convention, but I still had a blast with it. It's a really fun <laughs> oh movie. I, I swear, so I thought jealous. Jerry was getting ready to say, yeah, I saw that back in 1958. <laughs> uh, came out. December of 1958 uh, really counts as a 1959 <laughs> release. But, uh, I ain't that old. I know, I know. Well, I'm almost that old, and yeah, this very, yeah. very good. So. It's. I can't wait till the summer, and we we hit uh, the horror kiss drive-in. Maybe we'll do this one there. I like that. <clears throat> All righty, back to Mike. This is one from 1989, and uh, I watched this one because I think it was New Year's Eve at work. I was uh, browsing online news, and uh, of all websites, Bloody Disgusting had an article that said, like, the top 10. I don't even know if it was a top 10. I think it was just listing off 10, uh, quote-unquote, hidden gems available on various streaming sites services so i'm you know i'm going down the list and uh some of them i've seen this one i hadn't and it's on tubi and it's called the vineyard from 1989 is anyone familiar with that one yes uh written and directed by james hong who played lopan in big trouble in little china Uh, you know he's had various roles over the years but uh, that's probably i would say what he's most known for um this one i (laughs) It's very simple. Do you like wacky and out there horror movies that are almost more zany than anything else? If so, you will get a kick out of this movie and laugh for, what is it, the 90-minute running time approximately? Um, I am a fan. Well, I guess when they're well done, like this one, and recognizable people in it. Uh, so basically, this guy, James Hong, plays a wine grower and uh, he concocts some type of potion, I think, that makes him young and finds out. I think it's like the potion actually run, is made out of blood from people. So, of course, he has to keep the market going for his potion. So, um, yeah, if I mean, without getting, you know, I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen it, so I don't want to get into too many details. But I highly recommend this one. This is kind of one of those surprises where uh, I didn't know what to expect because I had never seen I don't even think I really had heard of this one before. Just one of those ones where it kind of slipped through over the years. And uh, this one was listed as being on, uh, I believe it was Tubi, another Tubi one. So uh, Tubi's been a lot of love. Usually, like me and Venom on our shows, it's all about like Shudder and how everyone needs Shudder, but tonight it's all about Tubi, it seems. Tubi. So, yeah, if you got Tubi, and really there's no reason not to because it's free, uh, here's another one to check out. Um, it, you know, it's not, you're not going to be, it's not scary, it's not really tense. Um, lots of nudity if you're into that, <laughs> which who isn't? Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh yeah i would highly recommend it it's it's pretty 
funny. And uh, James Hong is always fun to watch on screen, regardless of the character he plays. So what about everyone else? When you... When you said the vineyard, I completely got it mixed up with um, 1978's The Grapes of Death. Oh, yeah, The Grapes of Death. That's a, <laughs> but that's an interesting one, too, just for different reasons. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen The Vineyard, so I'm going to have to put it on my list. Yeah, it's uh, and, I, and I would say um, if if you know people like Tammy, you mentioned you're always like looking for stuff to watch, mm-hmm. look up that uh, Bloody Disgusting article because there was – like the ones on there that I have seen, I agree that they're pretty good, and the other half I haven't seen, but I wrote them down because uh, I I subscribed to just about all the services that everything was listed on. So uh, check that out. Maybe there'll be some stuff on there you haven't seen. Awesome! I will. All right, Venom. All right. This next one is a late year entry for me. Once again, 2019. In this one, we travel down to the sunny tropical rainforests of Brazil. Um, this is a movie that is written and directed by Rodrigo Aragao. It is, as, as I've already mentioned, a Brazilian movie. Um, in Brazil, in Portuguese, excuse me, the name of the movie is A Mata Negra. Or in English, it is The Black Forest. This movie was an absolute surprise for me. Um, I'm not sure um, how many of you guys got a chance. I know Mike has seen it because uh, we, we obviously both of us have been uh, kind of gobbling up the 2019 movies over the last couple of weeks for our top 10 episode. But man, this movie was so incredibly close to making my top 10. It literally is like 11 or 12. But this is a, a movie very very witchcraft kind of uh, voodoo mystical powers d- deals with demons type film. It's about a girl lives in the woods. Well, in the rainforest with her father, they scrape by uh, as her dad offers medical services and potions that he makes. Unfortunately, he passes away leaving her by herself And on the day that her father dies, she ends up meeting a vagrant in the woods who has a bag of gold and a book of witchcraft. He basically tells the girl to, he offers her the bag of gold coins if she does one favor for him. If she reads a particular transcript in the book for the entire evening until the sun uh, comes down. And he asks her to do that for his own benefit so that it saves his soul. We don't really get a backstory on the vagrant. So we're not really sure how he got the book or why his soul was tainted or whatever. But um, obviously the girl of course doesn't listen to the man's advice uh, because he tells her to destroy the book. Once the sun comes up, she decides to start flipping through the book and she's finding different spells, wish spells and, and, possession spells and things like that even resurrecting the dead um so the movie kind of spirals into a you know just a pit of madness of you know at every turn you know as the viewer you want this girl to get rid of the book burn it bury it do whatever you have to do but she continues to read spells out of the book to hope in the hopes of correcting the error she made with the last spell that she read (laughs) and like i said it just goes on a ride from there really really gorgeous set design i mean like i said it's the brazilian rainforest you know it it would be exceedingly difficult not to make that region look beautiful um 
but the the creature designs there there's multiple types of spirits uh, there's one main spirit that carries like a big sword and he's got like a skull face i think he looked awesome every time he showed up he never speaks or moves or do anything he just will periodically show up when she's reading from the book um but yeah i mean this is a high recommend to anyone who hasn't seen the movie yet uh once again it is a brazilian film you're going to be reading subtitles um but man, this movie is, it just goes in so many weird and different directions, you know, with this whole voodoo thing. And yeah, man, I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I know Mike has seen it. Anyone else? Yeah, I saw it back in September. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> buddy on uh, Facebook, Tim Walker, turned me on to it. Yeah. And because, um, you know, Tim watches flipping everything, the 370 <laughs> some movies this, this year. Really? But, uh, yeah, man, I, 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 he said, yeah, you definitely check this out right away. And I'm with you. I'll, I love that. I'm not going to reveal if it made my top 10 or not, but yeah, very, um, evil deadish too, uh, in some yeah. spots to me, but mm-hmm. really, really creative, really fun story. Um, again, you, you have to deal just like with, uh, uh, what you said, Tumbad, mm-hmm. uh, you have to deal with the subtitles, but it's worth it. It's worth it because yeah. it's so much better than dozens and dozens and dozens of American movies that you can mindlessly watch. But this one is worth it. You know, it's got a lot, yeah. a lot of, a lot of great practical effects in this movie too. Yeah, big time. And it's available free on Amazon Prime right now. So check it out. Yeah, no excuses. No excuses. Mm-hmm. Now, Watson, have you seen this? I have, yeah, and okay. I rather enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, but it's not in your top 10? Not in my top 10, no. Okay. It barely missed my list, but man, what a, a Mata Negra, a fantastic movie. I was really, su- it, was, it was a surprise, like, like Venom said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know, it just kind of came out of the, the blue. It's not even really being advertised, it's just kind of like <laughs> word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. I didn't know anything about, so this one... Uh, snuck onto my top 10 at the last minute because um, with about a week to go, once we knew when we were recording, I had about a week to just get stuff in. And I think I either reach out to Derek or Moods. And I mean, I, I honestly, I probably asked them both, but I just was like, hey, is, it, is there any 2019 movies that like you haven't heard a lot of people talk about that you, but that you really liked? And they listed off a few, and this was one of them. So I was like, all right, let me see if I can get all. And I didn't really look up anything about what it was about. I, I think they said like it was out of Brazil, and I really enjoyed it. I, I mentioned on our show like something I said was like, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff you get out of Brazil tends to take place more in the cities, like in the slums and like Rio de Janeiro. And obviously yeah. there's lots of rich storytelling that – is justified, you know, in those regions. But this one, you know, because of, it takes place in a totally different area. It's kind of out in the middle of like rural farmland or, you know, the backwoods. And I just love the setting of it. I, I, I love the character. I, you're kind of rooting for her. And then you're like, okay, stop. <laughs> you're just making it worse. <laughs> like, come on, you're not learning your lesson. It, it, but, you know, it, I, I, I really got a kick out of this one. And, you know, maybe if I even had longer to digest it, uh, it would have been higher. But mm-hmm. it was one of those like last minute watches where I didn't want to like knee jerk and put it like way up on my list. And you know, but I was like, it, it, it's making my list. 
So mm-hmm. it snuck in at the, at the top. Yep. And beware of mutant evil chicken babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I got one, and then we're going to roll through one more time. Just one more time. Uh, it's after it's like 1230 almost here in, in my neck of the woods. And I'm an old man, so I got to get up in, <laughs> early in the morning. Um, I got a bunch more that I could say, but there's one that uh, uh, I really enjoyed. Do you, you guys like a good home invasion flick? Yes. Well, uh, there's one called Trespassers. Has anybody else seen Trespassers? I have. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. Trespassers. Uh, I think it originally came out as like hell is where the home is or something like that. That's a cool yeah. title. Yeah. There there was a couple different things, but Trespassers, uh, it's, it's a home invasion flick. It can be watched on Hulu right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the, this, uh, these two couples are renting this this house kind of out in the middle of nowhere for the weekend and, and a, a lady shows up who happens to be the the crazy chick from um the craft the craft what's her name Furza Bulk Furza yeah. Bulk yes that's, that's her I haven't seen her in anything in quite a while <laughs> but she she shows up and she's like this uh, she's, she claims to be a neighbor whose car broke down and she knows the people that live there normally and can she come in and use the phone because the, the cell phone's not going to work because there's no service way out here. I got to come in. It's already sounding suspicious. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she comes in and it's almost like she won't leave and, and then just stuff starts happening. It goes, sounds like uh, a, it sounds like a funny game setup almost uh, with the yeah. bar, you know, the eggs and then they just won't leave. Yeah. To me, this is not, not that it, not that it yeah. goes in that direction. Yeah. I know what but. you're saying. Yeah. And then, um, Basically, there are some uh, some mass intruders that kind of uh, trespass. <laughs> that's why I guess that's why they called it trespassers. Uh, and there's uh, a little bit of slashery element there. Some some good kills. Um, really, really good synth score there near the end, uh, and some cool lighting because like the power goes out, generator comes generator comes on, and it's kind of got like some red and blue hues that light the room up and uh enjoyed it enjoyed it this is uh, a 2019 movie <clears throat> yeah yeah trespassers Ooh, yeah i'm gonna add this to my list i i don't even think i've heard of it yeah it i would say the first 30 minutes is a little little slow but it picks up after that and um yeah i, I enjoyed it enjoyed it a, a lot I, i'm a good uh Home invasion guy. Uh, my, one of my favorite home invasions is, of course, the strangers. This is not that kind of thing. That's more of a. That's more of like a scary movie. This is more of like a fun actiony type movie. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yep, and you can watch it for free on Hulu. Hulu, Trespassers. All right, uh, back up to Watson for our final go around table. Final one. Well, shoot, man, I, I'm so sorry to come on your show and lie right to your face, man. I, I thought I'd seen that, but I was thinking of something much older and something different. So I have not seen that, uh, but I, I, I shall. So, yeah, right on, right on. Sorry about the lying, Mark Nato. Uh, you know, you're banned. <laughs> Boom. You're banned. Uh, I'm going right, well, to unfriend you on Facebook as well. No, blocked. No, yeah, blocked. Yeah. Cancel. Cancel. Uh, Kick uh, ban. Welcome to my world. 
<laughs> I know, I know. I was just gonna say, Taminator. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're always back here. We don't need them. Hey, hey, Tammy. Hey, yes. close it up. Close it up. You're walking the thin line. <laughs> the ice is ready to crack. Okay. All right. What you got? Well, hopefully I can get myself back, uh, at least uh, for the remainder of this show, to stay on because of this movie I'm about to recommend. So this is this final film I'll discuss here at the Rotten Roundtables. Actually, the next film that Dave Z and I will be highlighting on our next episode of the Watsy Party Horse Show, and that is Simon Rumley's Red, White, and Blue 2010. So I can't readily find a synopsis of this film that does it any kind of justice. So what I'll say is that it follows the fairly banal lives of like three primary characters living down in Austin, Texas. One of these is this disaffected, promiscuous woman named Erica. She's getting around town, if you know what I'm saying. Getting back to that BBC uh, talk again. But the, the next of these, the other characters, this uh, psychologically disturbed government interrogator named Nate. And the last of our trio here, a young man named Frankie, who is actually one of Erica's recent sexual conquests. So this movie takes us through their lives and their stories, we get to know them intimately, what they're all going through, what they kind of are dealing with every day in their everyday lives. And then halfway through the film, when it becomes apparent precisely how these connect, and how their stories intertwine, this movie steps into some dark and extreme territory. It's not an easy film to watch. It is incredibly sexual, disturbingly violent, but it's all purposeful. This is not a film devoid of a message. Obviously, I can't sit here and break it all down here and now at the Rotten Roundtable, but if you do tune in to our upcoming episode of the Watsy Party Horror Show, we will get in depth there. But suffice it to say, this is a film all about those moral gray areas that make the question of what evil is all the more difficult to answer. It's about cycles of violence, victimhood, perpetration, and all those areas in between. This is a high, high recommend to people who want to step into the more extreme yet philosophically engaging side of the horror genre, not for the faint of heart, but that is Simon Rumley's Red, White, and Blue 2010. Has anybody here seen that? Yes, I've seen it. Okay. Pretty brutal. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while. It's probably been since like 2011 since I saw it, but yeah. <clears throat> Good. Uh, that is that we'll be focusing on the next episode of the of our show, and I can't wait to get into this because it's a it, it it's a hard film to 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 yeah. digest. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Venom, you'll like it. I, I have a feeling. <clears throat> I'm sure. All right, Tammy, what you got? Last one. Make it count. Um, I'm just gonna rattle off a couple. Um, I finally saw Ready or Not, um, which I'm sure it's been talked to death. It was okay. Um, I also saw The Intruder with Dennis Quaid. Did I see it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was okay. I mean, man, he is ripped in that movie. Um, he sells his house to a couple and then he refuses to leave. So, I mean, like they get up one day and he's out there mowing his lawn. He just kind of shows up inside the house fixing things and... That kind of stuff. It's pretty predictable, but it's a uh, just a good like you know, find mm -hmm. to watch. It's right along the lines of like, remember, um, the cradle will rock, or oh, the hand that rocks the cradle. Mm -hmm. You know that kind of thing. It's like a thrillery. <laughs> you said what? I said bite your tongue. A hand that rocks a cradle is great. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's that same kind of thriller 
thriller-esque type of movie. I but. suppose. <laughs> I was so unimpressed with The Intruder that I I don't even remember one scene of it after watching it, it opening night. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's nothing to it's not going to make anybody's list of anything. I'm but I watched it. Um I also finally saw Escape Room, which I know is an older one. Um did not like that at all. Well, it's getting part 2. <laughs> Well, I think Escape Room was our first theatrical watch of 2019. Yeah, it was the first release of the year, yep. I just ignored it, and then I needed something to watch the other night, and it's on one of the channels that I have. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a little bit higher hopes um, for it, but it just didn't live up to it. Um, And then that's all the movies, and then I'm still watching Servant and loving every minute of it. Yes. You guys have got to get on Servant. Are we the only ones that's seen it, Mark? Guys? Anybody I've seen else? the first episode. Fired. Curious about it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about it. I, 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 it's on the list. Yeah. The yeah. List. It, it's uh, M. Night Shyamalan back doing his thing. And it's, it's, it's very good. Very, very good. Very good. He is at the top <sighs> of his form for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I saw like you know, commercials for it. It looks very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mark, is it, are, are is, you, it, is it Hulu or Amazon? It's, it's Apple Plus. Apple Plus. Oh, Apple Plus. Mark, oh. are you current? Did you watch last I week? Am, I am one behind. Okay. I had a, I had a how, how many episodes are currently out? Nine? I think we're on nine. nine. Is nine? it one a week? One a week. Yeah. yeah. It drops every Friday, Friday morning. What, what's the... Uh, I'm, I'm, it's like the I'm premise? writing a bio, biography on it. What's, it, what's the running time for, for episodes? Is it an hour or half hour? Or like 40 they're minutes? Like, or they're something. like 40 minutes, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a regular hour program, but without the uh, commercials. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so it's yeah. almost like, like a TV hour, which is like 42 minutes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm telling you, it's really good. It's really good. And, yeah, and, the first episode and, was and great. It's, and the and the thing about it, it's just so weird. It's just so weird. It's like it we're we're on episode um, nine coming up, and I don't even still know what the heck's going on. That's what I was just gonna say. You know, Jerry, I know you like are one for like you seem to be able to figure out pretty early what's going on. I I honest to God, after week nine, I I for the life of me, I could not tell you what's going on. Yeah, I've had multiple people tell me that at work. They just have no clue what's going on, but they can't stop watching. Yeah, that's and, and exactly I, true. And I think this thing's already been renewed for season two. So oh. it's not going to completely resolve it's not gonna re- Yeah, it's, oh, darn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be like busting your head trying to figure it out for, you know, the year it takes them to film the next one. So, all right, Mike, last one. All right, this is another one that uh, I intended to see way earlier than I did. It just kind of fell victim to going down the priority list once I kind of got word back that it wasn't necessarily a horror movie. Um, when it hit the theaters, it it released at the same time as something else. I can't even remember, but uh, it's uh, Parasite. Um, I really like this movie um i thought uh the way they went about the story um was great i thought the themes explored in this you know i'm sure all i'm pretty sure all of us have seen the movie us 
uh, Jordan Peele's Us. I think Parasite explores a lot of the same themes and commentary as Us, just done in a completely different way. I like that uh, in Parasite, it, even though it deals with issues of uh, classism, it doesn't really portray anyone from any class as inherently evil. Like, mm-hmm. these aren't like, you know like your Rockefellers or, you, you know, your typical, oh, we're wealthy and we look down on every people. It's more just, you know, giving a depiction how things, just things in the world and in life affect different classes different. And how, uh, I would say in this, like, some of the more the wealthy characters, they're, they're probably just more aloof to how things affect uh, mm-hmm. the lower class as opposed to, like, purposely yeah, they're not know, bad trying people. to do anything bad. Right, they're they're living their life among you know the the wealthy elites, and they just are unaware more than anything else. But you know, basically, you know, that's a setup. Is the main? I would say the main characters are, you know, a lower class struggling family, and they kind they come up with a scheme to get involved with the wealthy family. At a certain point in the movie, something gets revealed. It, it builds upon that. And then it leads to a, some type of confrontation down the road, and then we get our finale. Um, yeah, I was just a fan of it. I, I, I thought it was. It, this is like my favorite overall movie of the year. But obviously, I couldn't put it on my horror list because it wasn't horror. Initially, when I saw the trailer like months ago, the trailer kind of like teetered that line. Like it, it, the trailer made it seem like it was all going to be if the reveal was something mm-hmm. horror or not. But once you actually see it, it's like, no, it's not horror at all. It's really a, a multi-genre type thing. It's got mm. some dark comedy, it's drama, it's thriller. And, and, and that last act does go a little bit, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was gonzo for that scene. And mm-hmm. I would say if for people who are fans of Jordan Peele's Us and the way he writes to where their surface level stuff and layered, you know, messaging – um, if if you want to see another example of how to do that in a masterful way without just, you know, making everything in the direct dialogue and it's more, you know, there's looks between characters, there's uh, things that they come up with. It's just very well done and it, it, it's a movie that says a lot without saying it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, yep. and the movie you're talking about it came out the same time as the Lighthouse. That that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, saw it the, I saw it at the same theater. It was the only theater around these parts playing it. And yeah, uh, see, yeah. I, I think for my city, um, what happened was Parasite opened a week earlier at the Art House Theater, and I was like, oh well, it opens everywhere around here following so i was like i'll just wait and i totally forgot that lighthouse opened so i kind of got stuck where you know for for me getting out to the movies like once a week is kind of my speed just you know with family life and all that so the fact that they came on the second week i was like well i'll just see parasite later but then other movies started coming out and because parasite was like it was kind of under that like limited wide classification mm-hmm. where it went to the multiplexes but it's only gonna stay there like a week or two and yep. it just left before i got a chance yep yep did you see that one yet jerry oh absolutely mike is 100 yeah. percent correct movie of the year i mean the only movie i i can see a good argument for would be the lighthouse but yeah mm-hmm. parasite is my by far my movie of the year yeah 
it's pretty it's pretty fun it's a it's a fun watch because it's just so layered there's yeah. so much going on yeah it's just really good so all right venom what you got last one make a count all right well i'm, I'm actually going to do the opposite of making a count because i'm going to bring to the table <laughs> you got a, a, a movie of crap. that's um, not necessarily a pile of crap. I was going to call this segment, Mr. Venom defends a bad movie. Um, <laughs> this is a movie that's getting a lot of contention over, you know, podcasting waves and from the horror community in general. Oh my God. Listeners. I can't believe I'm about to say this because I can't stand limp biscuit. Shut up, Watson. Oh, um, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, hold hold yeah. up. Hurry up. I got to only be one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. I got to poop. Uh, obviously written, <laughs> written, direct, written, directed, and whatever else by Fred Durst, uh, the man who made Red Hats cool long before Trump. Yes. And that is, of course, <laughs> that is, of course, the fanatic starring John Travolta. I've heard I heard so many bad things about this movie when it first came out that I kind of avoided it. And I can see what people were seeing. But honestly, I didn't hate this movie. Now, mind you. By saying that, I'm not saying that John Travolta did a good job. John Travolta's acting is objectively bad in this movie. It's not great. His portrayal of an autistic person is, let's just say, a tad short of Tom Hanks, if you will. But I, I thought the overall story, I thought, I, I love this story, actually. I legitimately, I felt this, I, I felt the kind of sympathy for Moose that I felt for the Chucky doll in the Child's Play remake. That he was just misunderstanding things, taking things the wrong way. You know, people were trying to lead him down the right path. Obviously, he had the girl that was a close friend of his. And then he had that one security guard that was nice to him. Um, and But I think he was just, you know, just like the Chucky doll, he was taking the words that he heard out of context. And obviously, you know, became that fanatic stalker that no celebrity wants to deal with. But... I got to say that for the first three quarters of this movie, they had me on board. I was really liking the story. I was really, really enjoying the performances of everybody but Travolta. Um, hell, I was even going to give some credit to Fred Durst for because I, I thought he did a fine job as far as putting this movie together. Unfortunately, I can't defend the ending. Um, the ending for me just didn't work. Um, they tried to imply that certain things would happen after the credits rolled that I didn't really appreciate. Um, so it's a very fantastical ending, if you will, and not really grounded in reality by any stretch of the imagination, especially for a movie that's kind of loosely based on a true event that actually happened to Mr. Durst with a, you know, crazy stalker fan. Um, but I got to say, man, a lot of people have been dissing this movie, talking about how it's one of the worst things they've seen this year. And I vehemently disagree. Wait, are you um, telling me because you thought John Travolta was going to turn into the Joker at the end? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like like I said, I'm not going to defend John Travolta's performance. It, I mean, it's not good. It's entertaining at times. I will say that. Um, his portrayal of, you know, I assume autistic because they never really say in the film specifically what's yeah. wrong with Moose. But, you know, I'll assume. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I found his character a little bit hard to read at first because I wasn't sure exactly what, like, if he was just kind of like a, a man baby or a man mm -hmm. child or if he actually 
had some autism or something on the spectrum, Asperger's, maybe, you know, something going on. But once I kind of like got over that, I was like, okay, like the, I, I, I appreciated what the movie was going for. Definitely. Um, and yeah, the end kind of, yeah, maybe it'll hinge on like what people think of the ending, but I didn't think it was like some people are trying to make this seem like another room or something just so, or like, you know, cause Danzig made like a movie that people are all, Oh yeah, that movie was awful. <laughs> yeah, so all, people are trying to almost make it because it's like oh another musician, you know, sure. making a movie. So the, I, maybe they're trying to lump it in with that. Which, I haven't seen that one, but you know, I thought it was all right. It was, I, I didn't think it was horrible by any means. No, no, it, I think it was, it was a, a pretty average movie, middle of yeah. the ground for me. It, it was a decent watch, and and I, but I do agree. Like, I just couldn't get into. Travolta's performance and, and yeah. I'm not saying I could have done any better. I just kind of feel like it was just your lowest common denominator yeah. of, of what, you know, people think, you know, autistic person would be yeah. like. And, and I'm not saying there aren't people like that, but it also, oh, sure. you know, I, I don't know. It's just like he was over. He was just trying too hard. I guess. Yeah. See, I think that shows the weakness of Fred Durst as a director. I think, I think, Fred Durst's strength is in his storytelling, in his cinematography, stuff like that, his selection of soundtrack. I think that was all fine. But as far as Fred Durst as a director trying to get a good performance out of a good actor, because let us remember, John Travolta is not a bad actor. He's, I mean, when he's, when he's got a good director telling him what to do, he gives us great performances vis-a-vis Quentin Tarantino. So again, if you give Travolta a good director, he could give a good performance. But again, you know, this is Fred Durst directing Travolta, you know, to to act like the type of autistic or Asperger's type person that he has in his head. Whereas, like I said, if Martin Scorsese took this same script and the screenplay and made it, Travolta would probably be great. So I'm not going to knock Travolta necessarily. Obviously, it's a first-time director. It's a musician, which, you know, always is a red flag for most of us in the community. But I'm going to say that The Fanatic was a solid first effort. And believe it or not, I am willing to see what Fred Durst does next, assuming it's in our genre. Man, I'm right there with you, Mr. Venom, because I, I had a, I honestly had a blast with this movie. And here's the crazy thing. I actually know a guy who is just like Moose. He's like in his late 40s and he shows up to the bars. He orders a pitcher of root beer. He kind of he's really punchy. Uh, he, but he, he's, yeah. So if he says, <laughs> sure, root beer. <laughs> yeah, he, no, he, that's what he does. When you, we see him come in, we will say, we'll, we'll just call him John. Hey, what's up, John? And then he'll show up and he'll yep, grab, go to the bartender, get his pitcher of root beer and invade your space a little bit. No one quite knows. I, I hate to word this so indelicately, but nobody has really properly diagnosed this guy, uh, mm-hmm. in our town. And, but he is so much like a slightly, low-key version of moose that i was like wow this is uh john from the bar sometimes i see him every month it's that's really weird and he i could see him just like you 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 worded it so well mr venom that it, somebody maybe like chucky in this new child's play maybe just misunderstanding the situation in the context and going a little too far and i'm like kind of picturing my so you know my sort of bar friend and going like you know i <laughs> could see this like <laughs> i'd never mean any harm but you know, I could see the confusion. So there's, I think in about five to 10 years, people are going to look back on this movie and they'll be like, yo, Limp Bizkit represent y'all. 
<laughs> hey, I still hate Limp Biscuit. Stop that. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. Keep rolling. Keep no, rolling. no. He did it off I, with the Nike. You guys better shut up or I'm going to start breaking stuff. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I can play the game. I'm going to throw some Limp Biscuit on the way out of this uh Oh. Of this show. All right. <clears throat> I'm last here. I'm going to say a couple of things uh, about just a few movies, and I'm going to give you my pile of crap, and we're going to be out of here. Um, quick, there's a movie on Netflix called The Influence or La Influencia or whatever uh, from Spain. It's kind of a haunted house, witchy possession film. Uh, pretty good first act, second half. Second act kind of drags a little bit. Third act, very good. So it, it, it's worth your uh, your watch if you like, uh, you know, haunted house witchy possession films. Um, what was the name of that? The influence or yes. La Influenza. Thank you. Um, anybody? I'm sure some of you guys have seen I Trap the Devil. I give, oh, I thought you were going to ask if we saw the first one. I gave up on that one. Oh, uh oh. Again, subtitles, you know, it's got, yeah, it, it's a little bit of a slow mover at the beginning, but I like slow movers. So, uh, anybody else see, I trapped the devil. Yep. On Hulu. That's a, that's a good movie. It's uh, a theater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut up. It's a, it's uh it's very good. This guy has his, um, siblings over it's Christmas time and he reveals to them that he has trapped the devil himself in his basement. And of course, they think he's nuts, mm-hmm. and uh, it goes from there. It's yeah. it's not a it's not an action packed movie, you no. know. But uh, like the devil behind the door, is it really the devil? Is it not? Is it somebody he's got locked in there? Is he nuts? And then at the end, you find out one way or the other. Kind of, kind of, kind of a neat movie. Um, Good movie, just really bad performances by the brother and sister. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought they were just terrible. Everything else about the movie I loved, and I totally loved the reveal. Um, even though um, I've heard a couple of people say that they just disliked the reveal, that they kind of it was oh, predictable. I yeah, I, I loved it. I actually yeah, liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, this, these are two movies that I wanted to mention because I told you I had some drama thriller type things, and I'm not going to say much about them, but. If you're not, if you're not in the mood for like a straight up horror and you just want something that it's a little bit more heavy, a little bit more drama thriller esque, you got to see Manos. Yes, uh, it's a Colombian Argentinian uh, movie. You can get it on Prime for five ninety nine. It's very Lord of the Flies esque. <clears throat> it's about you know eight eight uh, kids who are guarding this cow. It, it's it's crazy, uh, but it's. It's a, uh, it's, it's a very good movie. And then, uh, Jaden Martell, you know, um, uh, Bill from, uh, it chapter one, mm-hmm. uh, he is in a movie called low tide. And basically what this is, it's, uh, a, a group of kids from the Jersey shore who kind of go on a treasure hunt. It's a slow mover, but man, the cinematography, the acting, the writing is very good. It's a first-time director. I forget what his name is, uh, but it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Stand By Me in some some um, parts, but it's called Low Tide. Check it out. 
And then here's my pile of crap. And I'm just going to go right down. I, I watched young cannibals crap, altered skin crap, dead con crap. The child remains. And I hope he remains there. Crap. <laughs> Silk scream crap. Doom annihilation crap and wicked witches crap. So <laughs> that's my pile of crap. See, I, it- I took seven for the team Jeez. over the last two weeks. Seven. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but uh, anyway. Has anyone seen of- uh, has anyone seen Girls with Balls on Netflix? Yeah, that's funny. Is it any good? Yeah, it's fu- it's fun. And it's not gonna like make a top ten, but it's um you know <laughs> I mean it is from what the, it is. From the pre- yeah, from the premise I read as long it'd be more on like the as long as it's fun. It, yes. If it makes me laugh, then it's yeah. worth it. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, cool. And that's one you can you can uh, do subtitles or you can they have an English dub version. But you know, if you're busy and you want to hear and not sit down and that's one where you could probably dub and it might not make that much of a difference. Have you ever? Sometimes I'll put on both. Like I'll, yeah. I'll do the dub and the subtitles, and I sometimes I'll get a kick out of like comparing the translation. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. So, all right. Well, we just mentioned a whole heck of a lot of movies. So, uh, we're going <laughs> to yeah, close it out. Table. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to close it out uh, with our uh, plugs here, uh, Mr. Watson. Why don't you tell everybody where they can hear you and where they can uh, contact you or find you on the internet? Absolutely. Thank you, Mark Nato. Uh, folks, I am one half of the Watt Z Party Horror Show with Mr. Dave Z. It's a monthly podcast, and each episode is divided into three acts. Act one, we do a lot of what we did tonight, where we go over horror releases for the month. Act two is a topic of discussion, and act three is an in-depth film review. Uh, I couldn't be prouder of what Dave and I are doing on that show, and I believe that listeners of the Horrorcast would derive some very real value from that podcast. Like, because you know, your audience is a group of intelligent, astute horror fans who enjoy a fun and cerebral approach to the genre, and I think Watsy Watsy Party Horror Show get, does that. Cool folks like that can get the goods there. We work our butts off to deliver the highest quality show possible, and I, I'm happy with what we've done so far with our first eight episodes so please my fellow horror cast homies give us a try also i used to and still sort of do a solo cast called horror corridor it's all on the horophilia network horophilia.com type it into your podcast catching app search bars google you're a grown-up you know how to type and that's how you can find me <laughs> yes and i and i would like to say uh horror cast approved uh watt z party uh, I, I, I like uh, i like oh. the show Thank you. I like that you know you guys put a lot of work. You can tell you guys put a lot of work into it. You know it's it's once a month, so you know you really, you know the audio quality is great, the 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 conversation is is great. So uh, we we appreciate it, and we encourage any of our listeners to go check it out. It's definitely one of the ones that um, when it when it drops, I know what I'm listening to that day. So. <laughs> All righty. Uh, Mike Merriman. Uh, all right. Um, so we have No More Room in Hell is our main show. We have a new episode of that recording this coming up Sunday. It's Derek's Picks. It's uh, Gatekeeper and The Last Winter. Um, and then we just uh, put out our top 
10 of 2019 on the sister show, which is Fresh Cuts, where we discuss new releases, whether they're theatrical or VOD. Um, we had Derek as a guest on that show. It was it was kind of weird calling him a guest because he's like the regular co-host on the main show. So he joined us for that one. Um, it was a really fun time. The 2019, you know, every year, no matter what you think, it seems by the end of it, if there's enough good movies that you you look back and you're pretty happy with uh, your top ten, and this year was no exception. Um, like I said. There was a couple late watches that nudged onto my list that I was happy with. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in hearing that, check them out. They're both available on the Horrorphilia Network. Very nice. Taminator. Well, I think I might be on this show or, like Mr. Watson said, <laughs> I think I might be that person that just keeps showing up and doesn't know they're not on the show anymore. I think I might be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm around, or you can find me on Facebook. <laughs> All right, and Mr. Venom. All right, Mike already talked about two of the shows that we do together. The third show that he and I are on is unfortunately on a little bit of an extended hiatus, as we uh, one of the co-hosts had a tragedy in the family, uh, so we're taking a little break from that. That show, of course, is Theme Warriors. Um, where the four co-hosts pick a theme and then we each pick a movie based on that theme. So it's not a horror-specific show, but periodically you will see some horror pop up. Um, You can hear me on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, which is my Godzilla slash Japanese monsters podcast that I do with Mr. Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast. Um, That show, along with Cult Unknown, which I also do with Jerry Herring, um, those two are both available on the Legion Podcast Network. Um, You can hear the Slice and Dice Dreadcast on the Horrorphilia Network. Uh, I recently joined the cast of... Yes, it is definitely coming back. Joey and I have been talking. Good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I recently joined the cast of It's Not Horror, Okay, which is a commentary a podcast where we look at 80s kind of action and dramas, uh, things like that. Obviously, because of the title, we don't look at horror movies, but we will periodically look at horror adjacent titles, stuff like Manhunter, things like that. So check that show out. I do that one with Neil Lemoy, Uncle Nudie from uh, NFW. And I have one more podcast that will be uh, hopefully announced later this month that I'm actually going to be doing with a couple of Horrorphilia legends. So look out for the announcement on that one. Should be coming out soon. If you want to find me on social media, I am Mr. Venom on Facebook. I am at Jerry Venom on Twitter. I am at Venom Horror on Instagram. And if you want to drop me an email to let me know how incredibly awesome you think I am, the email address is Mr. Venom Podcasts at gmail.com. Oh, right. the, the busiest man in podcasts. <laughs> And it's going to get worse in 2020. That's right. All right. Well, if you want to drop us a line old school, you can do so at asktheharrorcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the HCast. We even have an Instagram, uh, the HorrorCast. Um, And uh, I guess that's about it. So thanks for listening. And uh, it's the HorrorCast where we're all killer, no filler. Stay scared. I got to poo.
Alright, partner. Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. <laughs>